You are listening to the Baseball in the Burrows podcast, where myself, Tyler Smith, and Noah Broderick talk about baseball with a pretty bad microphone. Time to listen to a 20-second GarageBand clip to make the transition into the episode a little less awkward. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Baseball in the Burrows podcast. Honestly, I shouldn't even say another episode. I should say, like, the first episode. This is basically a reboot. Um, Paint the picture for you. It's been pretty much exactly a year since the last time we did an episode. Um, and that's because my power went out. My power has been out for the last 365. Now I'm just messing. Uh, we just have, we've been up to shit, you know, our lives have changed in a long time there. You know, it's been a long time. Shit has changed. It's been, you know, what, 365 days, but we're back I'm here with Noah right now. As always, Noah, how are you? I'm doing all right, man. I'm doing, I'm all, doing right. all right, man. Just like old times. It's the same as it's always been. I think it's, uh, it's the most important takeaway. Yeah, just just to paint the picture right now, um, currently we're at Penn State right now in my apartment. We got the Mets on the big screen opening day. They're up 5-1, bottom of the eighth. Smaller TV next to us, we got Astros, Angels, Otani's on the mound. Astros are starting to tack on some runs here. 1-0 up in the top of the fifth. The runner on second, nobody out. Um, we've just been taking it in, man. I mean, so much has happened since last time we did an episode. We had a full season. We had a lockout. Um, so much shit has happened. Me and Noah, I mean, what, we kind of just decided, fuck it, let's do a podcast. Like, it's been so long, let's just sit down, let's just enjoy the night, let's just talk baseball for a little bit, so we're just doing it. Yeah, effectively. I mean, I think last season kind of presented a lot of challenges for us, the baseball season, and, and that we didn't want this podcast to be, you know, your sports center, your MLB Tonight, where we'd kind of be updating you guys on what's happening as far as the landscape of the league goes. And we kind of wanted it to be more of a, dissecting the teams, projecting playoffs, um, you know, it's, it, settling debates between which player is better between another. And it, it kind of was, you know, if we were going to do this on a week-to-week basis, it was going to kind of veer off that and be like, okay, how did the White Sox do this past week? And I personally had no interest in talking about things like that. The Tigers can go 5-2 and two in a week, and then they can finish the year with 60 wins. And I'm not doing the math right now, 102 losses, whatever it is. I don't know. Yeah. Um, had too many sodas tonight, but I mean, like, it's just, it goes back to the point of it's such a long season that there's, it's really hard to just break down everything that happens across that span of time. And also we were busy. I mean, last summer was busy for both of us, had a lot of shit going on. Of course, we watched every single game the Mets and Yankees played respectively, but I, um, I mean, I didn't need it. <laughs> no, just, okay. exactly. I watched it so yeah, I watched 140 Mets games, but um, the point is. We're back. Tyler's bad as Ludo just got squeezed out. I, 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 I was just trying to call. If Josh Bell goes deep here, then then maybe we'll have some issues. Maybe I'll have to crank up and keep it on. But uh, no, we just wanted to sit down. We're not expecting incredible engagement on this episode. It's just we haven't done it in a while. So uh, I don't know, Noah. Where do we take it from here, man? I mean, we're just kind of catching Question our... from Zach Goldman. Uh, we have Brian's trivia minute. We're turning back the clock right now. It, no, it is really fun to think about, though, because we haven't done this in so long. And it's like, I said it before, it's like, I mean, we're, we're living similar lives, but, like, so much stuff has happened in the past year that, like, obviously we wouldn't fill in our listeners on because, as always, it's a baseball podcast, but it's, like, so much shit has happened in the past year. All of a sudden, it's 2022. There's a million moves that have happened in baseball. Shit has happened outside of it. It's just funny. Like, last time we had an episode was so long ago. So, it's in a weird position, but, but I mean, why not just put on the mic 1130 on a Thursday night and just rip some baseball action? So, I mean, that's kind of the thought process behind this whole thing. I think it's the most authentic way to do it in the sense that this podcast is mostly just two guys who watch baseball a lot and watch sports a lot. 
just shooting the shit. You know, we're not out here pretending like we're MLB Network analysts. We never did, for that matter. Yeah, no, but I mean, you know, we we don't have the platform in terms of our kind of background to be able to to foster takes, and then we're going to end up on the you know the front page of Sports Center or something like that, being like, you know, Tyler Smith says that Brandon Nimmo is in the top ten center field. Like nobody cares. Yeah, I mean, I mean, so, our twenty twenty bold prediction poll that probably got like fourteen <laughs> votes each uh, each post. I thought maybe Peter McGrath and three accounts. Yeah, it was Peter McGrath. We had there was like only one or two like Yankee and Mets fans that would like interact with us, but besides that, it was whatever. But um, yeah, no, it's just. This is the best way to do it. I, I think I was actually thinking about it today because I knew today was gonna be the first time we recorded an episode in so long. I listened back to the beginning, like our first couple podcasts, and it was so formal, so structured. This is the best way to do it. You have two TVs in front of you. You're watching your favorite team. You got another. You know, I guess you can consider it a marquee matchup with Otani on the mound, reigning AL MVP. Like just just talk baseball, sit down and mess around for a little bit. So that's kind of what we're doing, but. Um, yeah, at the time we're recording this, it's opening day, opening night, I guess you call it, 11.30 Eastern right now. Um, Mets are on. Who played? Are the Cubs played the Brewers in one? Did they play the Brewers? Yeah. Yeah, the Reds. Uh, well, go ahead, double. Yeah, exactly. Sorry. Best outfielder that, ne- that uh, never lasted in New York. Thunder, baby. Yeah. Um, at the time of recording this, this is a random topic to jump into, but I kind of want to address it just as a Mets fan. Michael Conforto still hasn't signed yet. It's just so weird just to think about, like, probably what I said about that guy before the 2021 season. Could you imagine me? I was probably saying how good he was going to be, and all of a sudden he's just not there. This what? is what we're opening with. <laughs> what do you want to do? Oh, Judge is going to play 162 <laughs> games. He's going to hit 900 home runs. Dude, his, his, dude, that wrist injury was a fluke, bro. How are you supposed to get out of the way of that pitch? Was so a it's, fluke. It so was. Let's see, listen, we all have our opinions. It's just, no, I was, what's it called? I was just thinking about the Mets were on, and I was thinking, I was like, dude, there's all these teams, and like that man hasn't signed. It's just so weird to think about. Like The season started. I don't know. What the hell does Scott Boras do with his clients? He he tries to set records. You know, you see the Correa contract. He's like two hundred last year. He's probably trying to get him two hundred million this offseason. Well, he's going to say that you know, at the age of twenty six, this outfielder and only four other outfielders in major league history have amounted these kind of numbers, and you're going to, you know, stockpile them over a specific period of time. You're not going to take in fact or take into account a lot of a lot of things that go into that. You know, yeah. in terms of actual production versus just kind of compilers, if you will. Um, but Conforto being a free agent is weird. I don't know. This whole offseason was kind of odd, um, especially from a Yankee fan's perspective. Of just, Well, I mean, from any any fan's perspective with the lockout, first of all, and kind of the two, the tail two offseasons that we had, obviously, with right before the lockout, you had a bunch of guys sign. You had Simeon and Seager sign with the Rangers. You had Scherzer go to the Mets, which I personally never thought I'd see the day that something like that would happen. Why don't you tell him about what, what that three-hour drive back to Penn State was like then? I probably uh, spoke five words to know a total. I was on Twitter the whole night. Yeah, it was literally him saying, ah, sure, sir, it's a pod night. You know, just said it's closer. I was like, yeah, but, 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 he, but, but he, he said Max Scherzer's name wrong. He called him Mark Scherzer or something like that. <laughs> That's on brand with Nightingale. But, uh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I mean, uh, that, that, that that's kind of been a microcosm of our lives and, you know, baseball fandom way for me too it's just been like it's kind of something that you you pick up on on the time the free time that you have but that's kind of the product of being a college student at Penn State too you know just so much goes on and you kind of lose tabs some of your passions but it's been good for us to delve back into it I think part of it for me was um the the 60 game season I personally hated it I technically in my head I throw out a lot of the stats that came out of that season in the sense that I don't think that it really reflects the true quality of the players and, um, you know, didn't Luke Voigt lead the league in home runs? In, James in, McCann was an all-star. We, we were joking about right. that before. Like, it's just 
it, it was it was such a weird time to give money to certain guys or say guys sucked. Like, I guess like you look at a guy like I want to say like Bellinger was an example. A guy who sucked in 2020. He was an anomaly because he also sucked in 2021. But there are so many great hitters who sucked in 2020. They came back in 2021 and were fine, or vice versa. It's just a weird season. And last year, every fucking year with the Mets, they're supposed to be good. The next year, they sucked. 2021 was like that for me. Um, it's just, and I think. I think the lockout honestly made me more excited for the season than ever. I think part of that is my favorite team had a great off season and a lot of the free agent class this year was pretty historic. I mean, there were, you know, huge contracts before the lockout, after the lockout, everybody wanted to fill out the rosters fast, but I think just being deprived of baseball, being deprived of off season action for the nine weeks or whatever it was kind of made us all miss baseball so much. So I'm super locked in. I'm super ready just, you know, for the rest of the season as we're in night one, but, um, I don't know. Do we want to touch on the lockout at all? I feel like maybe we shouldn't focus on it now that it's gone, but that was a fucking miserable period. That was like, that was peak depression because every time you thought something was going well, you heard the next day that the, the owners were bullshitting and the players said nothing's close. And it was, I thought for a while we would not be playing baseball till like May or June as J.D. Davis would lift at a fastball. I'm looking at Aaron Loop's stats. He had an 0.95 year. He was, he was disgusting year. last year. He was absolutely disgusting last year. They uh, didn't want to pay with ton of money, which I understand because relievers can be good one year, suck next year. But he was beyond filthy last year. Anyway, the the lockout was a dark period for the sport in the sense that I think that they've become third fiddle to the NFL and NBA. Well, don't you think they always were? No, I don't think they always were in the NBA. I think with the 15-year-old Bleacher Report casual fan, they they were. But I don't think in terms of adults in the country. In terms of, like, ratings, you give it to the NBA. But in terms of, like, I guess, like, the culture and the actual passion behind the sport, I would definitely agree with baseball. But I mean, our dads are, you know, much yeah. bigger baseball fans yeah, than sure. basketball fans. I think yeah. that kind of reflects a lot of I guess. what what that what that uh, is. Cam yeah, Watson. Yeah, I got distracted. Yeah. Want my charger? Um, I, I, I told you it's a casual episode, Cam. Very casual. Psycho episode. Red Sox. Sorry, sorry guys. But no, the, nobody's the, listening. The, to this. It doesn't matter. That's right. That's right. We're spitballing. That's right. As always, this is a baseball podcast. And Shannon, but... shout out to you for listening. If you're just Shane, Shane so... you can ask a question. Shane, we still haven't answered Shane's question from. Uh, we haven't answered Shane's question from a year ago. We we're like, yeah, we'll answer it. What happened was not to get off track as we always do, but we answered it last. We were gonna answer it in the last episode we did. The audio of the segment got mixed up, so we said we'll answer it and answer it next episode. Didn't do an episode for an entire 365 days. Yeah. Right. And, I mean, dude, like, we can rehash that all we want. Can we just talk about the 2022 season? Because I may have to talk about this season. Yeah, it's just the lockout sucked. 2020 was weird. The hangover from 2021 was weird. Uh, Braves won the World Series, won 88 games in the regular season. Freddie Freeman is apparently racist because he doesn't like Ronald Acuna, and uh, that's where we are right now. But 2022, man, we're here. A week later than it should have been. Fox News. (laughs) What's it called? We're... One week, um, one week late into the season. Honestly, selfishly, I- I'd love for baseball to have started on time, like you know March twenty eighth or whatever. But if we're being real here, this is the best time to start baseball. You get a week of extra, of like better weather, so to speak. Granted, it was pouring in the entire Northeast, but like starting in March is kind of ridiculous. It's freezing. At least you get to like beginning mid April. It's, it's a little warmer. I think this is better. But um, unless you're in state college, it's very true. State college, it'll you watch kids graduating in May. They're gonna be wearing coats and pants and shit like that but um the season's here and Lindor strikes out for the third time tonight but um I don't know man I'm excited for this season my team had a good off season no your team had a I guess you'd say good off season they didn't make the 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 sexy move that you know the Yankees are always you know 
liking with, but um, I mean, your division's going to be good. Annalise is going to be strong. I, I think baseball is very interesting right now with the free agents that have happened. So, um, yeah, what are you most excited for for this season? Well, I think you kind of hit on it, and I think that our teams are both in the two best divisions that exist in the MLB today. I think the East are probably the most strong divisions. and I think that the Yankees had an offseason that was disappointing from a Yankee fan perspective because they didn't sign that sexy name. They didn't make a huge play for Correa. They didn't get into the Corey Seager sweepstakes. They didn't get into the sweepstakes of Matt Olson or Freddie Freeman. It was a lot more between the lines, and I don't understand it from the perspective – of Brian Cashman saying, you know, we have a lot of leeway this year. We're going to be able to spend money. We got under the tax last year. Let's go play in, in the big waters with deep fish. Um, so that made me think they were going to go big. But I think within the margins that he probably had to work under, it was relatively a good job. I like the Donaldson pickup. I know that was a confusing move when it happened, and it probably threw a lot of people off. But I think a lot of people lost sight of the fact that Donaldson was a 125 veterans creative plus guy last year. This guy still is an MVP three, really two years ago because I throw away the lockout year. In 2019 with the Braves, this guy was a 38 home run guy backing up Freddie Freeman in the order and was top 10 in an NL MVP voting, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. And he's somebody who brings a fire to the Yankees that I think they severely lacked from a competitive standpoint. And they always seem to kind of like fake that persona. Like you had Boone a couple years ago say his guys were savages in the box. But if you look at that roster, they really didn't have a guy like that. Donaldson's he kind of got that dickhead persona going after Cole on Twitter last year and stuff like that. Yeah, I, think I like it. it. I, like I think it could definitely help. I mean, it's just with that division, not to cut you off, but it's like the Yankees are they're proven regular season winners for sure. Blue Jays are clearly the favorite in that division this year. I think a lot of people were seeing that on social media and whatnot. Pete just got buzzed up in the, uh, in the head. That's so so Tyler's uh, not talking. He's, looks like he's wearing it right now. I mean, he almost, what's it called? He almost died in a car crash this offseason. I don't think he's going to phase him. Anyways, fucking Jesus Christ steps up. Sebastian, Sebastian, no, that's not a thing. Travis Janikowski. Thinking of the kicker. Uh, anyway, I'm getting sidetracked here. Um, that division, the Yankees, like, with that roster, they could win 100-plus games. They could also win 85 games. And I think that's the story for a lot of those teams. I mean, you have – I don't know about 85 games. We talked about this a little off-air, too. I well, I'm saying base, the way baseball works, you have no idea what happens. A couple key injuries. That staff has a lot of high upside. I know you think the staff's going to be too getting hit. Oh, he's okay. He got hit in the shoulder. shoulder. He's, he's fine. fine. Uh, he's hitting two home runs tomorrow. But I think, like – I think certain things have to go right for that team to win that division. The Blue Jays are super strong. Obviously, you have the Rays, who are always good. The Red Sox have gotten better this offseason. Granted, they lost, was it Eduardo Rodriguez? Orioles got Um, some sleepers. Or, yeah, watch out for the Orioles. They signed Matt Hardy to a minor league deal today. But um, that division can go a million different ways, and I think there's no point in predicting it just because baseball is not as easy as, you know, just – best roster on paper is going to win. It's just, I think we've learned that year after year, but um, that division is going to be a ton of fun. And I know you're a lot more optimistic about the Yankees than a lot of people because they didn't necessarily make that, that sexy splash in the offseason. Well, I do want to say that I'm not like one of those Yankee fanboys that's just going to say they, they had a great offseason. I don't really think that. I'm looking at it from a logical, objective fan's perspective who watched the Yankees last year, and I hated that team. That's a big reason why we didn't do this podcast. I don't want to talk about the Yankees. The Mets they scored three runs. The hell out of me. The Mets yeah. scored three runs a game in April, May, barely snuck by. Went into the All Star break like back three games. Just a boring season, dude. Nobody yeah. hit. Like it was just the Yankees had no energy. They lost in the wild card game. Cole got embarrassed. It was just 
I mean, we say this is a this is a baseball podcast, but at its core, it's about the teams in the boroughs, and we you guys understand that whoever the fuck is listening at this point. Um, but it was it was it was a boring season for both of us last year. I think that's part of the reason you said so. Uh, it's a good yeah. point you make. I didn't even think about it like that. No, so yeah, with the, with the Yankees last year. They lack that energy, as you said, and ultimately I just don't think that they had enough of a different dimension that they could bring to baseball games. It's kind of the same core that they brought back. 2020, they lost to Tampa with this core. 2019, we made that 2020 rent. Yeah. Remember my yeah, yeah, right. Same and it, shit. And it, and it was kind of the same deal, and it's like we, we – it's not Judge, it's not Stan, I'm not saying it's those guys, but it was Luke Voigt. It was Gary Sanchez. It was Clint Frazier. It was Andujar. It was in the minor leagues. It's, you know, to a degree Gallo, but he wasn't here, and I, I think he'll have a good year. And that we have a lot of these power, you know, it was right-handed, which doesn't apply to Gallo, but these right-handed power hitters, kind of redundant. They strike out a lot, a lot of swing and miss. I don't think Donaldson has that, to be honest. I was really diving into Donaldson's numbers. It's something I want to address on this podcast if I can actually offer something of educational value from a baseball perspective is that Donaldson is extremely effective against fastballs 96 miles an hour and over. He hits velocity very well. It's part of the reason why you're going to see him leading off against Evaldi tomorrow. And I think the ability to hit velocity as a right-handed hitter is going to be crucial to the Yankees because that's probably Judge's weakest point, even though he hit it pretty well last year. And Stanton hit velocity, but you know he's kind of that breaking ball, hanging slider, bang him kind of mistake hitter. Um, I think that element, and they tried to address that with bringing in Rizzo, bringing in Gallo, bringing in these left-handed bats who are able to hit velocity as well. Donaldson adds to that, and I think that, you know, for years they lacked that dimension. That's why they got bullied by Cole and Verlander in 2019. That's why they got bullied by Evaldi and, you know, the, whoever the hell the Red Sox had in that year. I think they had a couple more righties. Rick Porcello wasn't really a power arm. But, you get you, – that's that's a forbidden yeah, name yeah, in this yeah. podcast. So is Michael Walker. Rick Porcello, yeah, you're right. It's Michael Walker, Rick Porcello, Brody Van Wagen. Matt Barnes in the Red Sox bullpen, you know, I mean – Stephen Pierce, not a pitcher. Anyways, the Yankees really – had a lot of these right-handed power bats who couldn't hit velocity and just weren't able to go toe-to-toe with these right-handed power arms that they saw in the postseason. And I think this offseason they did a decent job at addressing that because they added a defensive-minded but also contacted-oriented shortstop in Isaiah Carnafalefa, who I don't love but I also like. Stopgap to Volpe. Basically, he's a stopgap, yeah. We can get into Volpe another time. But he was a three-war player last year. He's the ability to put the bat on the ball. They're still going to have at-bats for LeMahieu. They got rid of Voight. They got rid of Sanchez. They got rid of Frazier. And LeMahieu's a guy who should bounce back. No. Yeah, Last he, year was an anomaly for him, I'd say. So, unless he, unless he played it's hurt age, a lot of yeah. too. And, and I, you know, the dead ball, whatever the hell it was. I, 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 listen, I don't really know, but I think he'll have a better season this year. I think we all kind of agree on that. Um, Torres had a dismal year last year. He's a guy who can hit velocity. He's a guy who can put the bat on the ball. And I think besides, you know, they're the Judge Stanton Gallows, and I don't even really put Judge and Stanton in this because they're such great hitters and they showed the ability to hit in clutch situations to good pitching last year. They don't have that swing and miss in the lineup that they usually do. Because if you look on down the line, besides Judge Stanton Gallo, Donaldson struck out at a league average pace last year. And for the production that he offers, being a league average strikeout guy, I think it's fantastic. And then you get to Torres, you get to LeMahieu, you get to Connor Falefa, you get to Hicks, you get to um, – there's one more guy, Rizzo. Yeah, right. So these guys know how to put the bat on the ball. So I think they're going to be able to keep the line moving a lot better. I think they're going to be able to play better defense. And I think it ultimately will amount to a better Yankees team than last year. I don't think they're an 85-win team. I don't think they had a great offseason. I think they're somewhere a little bit better than last year. They had about six games last year that they had no business losing that they lost. 
granted, their run differential, there probably should have been a couple of wins less. You subtract those. I think the Yankees are a 93-win team. If I look at their roster, real quick, you see Mets are up five one with a ninety eight point six percent win probability, and Diaz is coming in. This is how you blow a game right here. Yeah, Let's keep right. going. We'll get to him later. Wait, does our does our podcast do this like twenty minute mark? Because right. we're coming up on that. Yeah, listen, listen, me and Noah, we're not we're not a uh, we're no Cody Co. or you know all these fucking YouTubers that everybody loves. So we get thirty, oh, 30 minutes to report, right. and then we're, after that we got to go to the next segment. But uh, we're looking right now at twenty minutes. Who's the other guy I was thinking of? Cody Co. Who's what's his Bill Simmons. Not the totally different, totally different demographic. It's Cody. What's David Dobrik? That's his name. I was thinking of that, that whole squad of YouTuber influencer, Jake Paul, Logan, whatever. Uh, no, but it, it's it's we only have thirty minutes each segment before we have to stop recording and start a new one. We're at twenty minutes right now, so um, that's what Noah was talking about. But I think like Yankees offense will be the Yankees offense. I'm not too high in their pitching, so why don't you try to sell me on their staff right now? All right, yeah, we have the best pitcher in the American League. Staff. I don't know if you'd argue anybody differently. Is that, that is that spider tackle or is this spider tackle cool? It's post hamstring or pre hamstring injury cool. He was really hamstring good before injury, that hamstring that's happened. That's what it was. And dude, I, I don't know. He's coming in with a new pitch this year. I, I, who's better in the American League? Bieber didn't exactly light up the world today. It's Lynn. Um, Nate Evaldi. Orlando 39 years uh, yeah. okay. Lance McCullers when he comes back. Who else? Better than Carter Cole. There's definitely. No, just messing with there's probably some guy in Tampa who's going to have better numbers than, than Cole. Nobody's going to know his name. Nobody's going to know who the fuck he is, where he came from. But, uh, yeah, I mean, Cole's a bona fide ace. I, I think the question marks around Cole are a little unfair. I mean, he's going to be – he's going to pitch to a three-year-a or under this year. He's going to strike out 250 to 300 guys. He'll be fine. It's just more right. – I'm not worried about Cole. No, it's yeah. The guys no. behind him that are total question marks, in my opinion. Severino, if he's healthy, I mean, this is a guy who's top – Five and Cy Young voting a couple years ago. Now, granted, I know his arm's been made of jelly since that, and he's coming up on a you know needing a new contract pretty soon here. And I think that his arm, I mean, he was throwing ninety eight this spring. He looked pretty good command wise. I think there's still some rust. He might have a rough April, just like Tyone did last year, coming off major injury. But yeah, I think he's a really high upside arm that you know, at worst, is a third starter if he's healthy. Yeah. So they have Severino. Hey, Montgomery, Montgomery's stuff's really good. For just a lefty who doesn't throw that hard, his stuff is really good. The curveball that he throws, the spin rate that he gets on all of his pitches, the late action, the ability to get righties and lefties out, uh, the changeup down to hitter is really effective. I really like Montgomery. I don't think he's a two. I'm not sure if he's a three, but if he's your four, that's a very quality four, in my opinion. So you've got those three. I like Tyon. I like the work that he did in the back half of the year. And I remember leaving last year saying if there's one guy I think that can replicate the back half of the year next year is Tyon. So he had track record of doing that in Pittsburgh. And if he's healthy, I mean, I think he's a two, three, four kind of arm. There's four guys right there. And beyond that, listen, I mean, I'm not going to sit here and tell you I think Nestor Cortez is like a real deal. I mean, I'm not, not, not going to sit here and tell you that. But for a fifth starter, if they do some kind of bullpen thing, they've really beat bullpen. They've got Cortez. They have Luke, Luis Heal, right, who came up last year Luis and threw pretty well for us. Luis Heal. So they, they've got, like, you know, Domingo Herman, who the hell knows. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and tell you. I think he's going to produce sort of high level for us. But they've got enough to get, figure out that starter spot until June or July when they ultimately will have the financial flexibility and also the ability from the farm system to trade for him if they want to. I like Frankie Matos a lot from well, Oakland. That's, I'm not that's sure implying that they won't prospect hug anymore. Well, well, if they do that, then, then, you know, fuck yeah. me. I don't know. But, I mean, but if they have the ability to go get a fifth starter. I, I also feel like this year, more than ever, the American League's kind of open. I don't – the Astros aren't as strong as they were, obviously. They lost Correa. 
Um, I mean, the Blue Jays have never made the playoffs in a real format. The they're favorites. The Blue Jays aren't proven winners. Well, they did. I mean, what do you mean real format? In a real format. 2015, they, they made it. All right, we'll do that. Wait, Donaldson they, was on the team. It was Donaldson, Bautista, and I'm talking about, like, this core, this laddie. Oh, it's on this core. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought you were just saying in general. No, like, this team. Yeah. This team that everybody's banking on. Yeah, I mean, that's fair. Um, I think on paper, they're definitely the best team. It's just, I look at the American League, and you watch. We'll talk about this, and then in October, we're going to talk about how disappointing the Yankees were, whatever, for all we know. But I think you look across the American League. I was kind of talking about this with Noah today, and we had a classic save it for the podcast moment. I mean, does Chicago really scare you? They have, no. I mean, they have a lot of talent. They have arms. Lance Lynn will be back in May or June. They have some arms in the bullpen, obviously, with Kopech. He's going to be a reliever. He might start. You have Liam Hendricks, probably the best reliever in baseball. You have, obviously, some of those young hitters. Um, but, I mean, beyond that, there's no juggernaut in the American League. I, I mean – on paper, like I said, Blue Jays probably the best team in the American League. Again, doesn't matter. If we're just talking about on paper. Baseball is never as easy on paper. You look at the the, the National League. At least you have. I'm obvious. I'm not going to put the Mets in that category. They have a good team on paper, but you have the Dodgers, who are the way that roster is constructed. That's one of the best teams that can possibly be assembled. You have the Braves, reigning champs. They're bringing, replacing Matt Olson or replacing Freddie Freeman with Matt Olson. That's a pretty good swap, if you ask me. So those are two top teams there. You look at the American League, I feel like if you're the Yankees going to the deadline and you're in a division race or at least a wild card race, which is 95% chance that will be, I think this is the year you have to go in because, to me, the American League is pretty open. And I'm not I'm not a Yankee hater, but I'm also not a, a Yankee supporter by that stretch and saying that, you know, the past four or five years they've done the same shit, it seems like. But the American League is super wide open. Who besides – who besides – the Astros and, and they've been there for a long time, but that team is not particularly scary. They're professional hitters, and the White Sox talk about who else scares you in the American League? Like Nobody. You, the teams in your division. Tampa I get that. for me. I get <laughs> the teams in your division, but beyond that, it's just I, there's not like a juggernaut like that. I think this year could be super wide open for the Yankees, and I think they have to go for it at the deadline. They haven't done that in, in a long time. Really, they've really gone all in. I Last year, Gallo and Rizzo, I get that, but that's not all in. I think they will. I think they will. I'm maintaining hope that Cashman said like. Let's not start the year with this. We have enough to get by these first three months, four months. If we need another reinforcement, we'll go get it. They did that last year with Rizzo and Gallo, and that team sucked. Yeah. So they might have a little bit more, you know, they might be a little bit better this year, have a little bit more confidence as to where they are in terms of the standings. I believe they were third or fourth when they made that deal. So I don't think they're going to throw this year away. I think that a judge extension still, you know, on the table, and they're going to try to capitalize on this core. I'm not against saying that I don't think they did a great job this offseason. I think they did a decent job. But they will make a move if they need to make a move when it, when it comes down to it. And the, the whole deal with the Yankees will be can they get it done in October? And that will probably come down to offense. You know, the last it, always, years, it always does. It's, you know, it, we say pitching. It usually always, comes yeah, down to offense. So. 20, 20... – 17, that team was young. It's where 2019, they couldn't get a big hit against the Astros. The same thing. 2020, the Rays blanked them. Last year was a wild card game. Cole shit the bed. It is what it is. Didn't hit either. Yeah, it's. it's, And and I think part of that is what you talked about. That's the byproduct of an offense that is super hit or miss. When you face elite pitching every single game, basically, that's what's going to happen. But uh, just to, you know, unless you have anything to say, like finish up the Yankee talk, gun to your head, how many wins this year? I'd say 93. 93 to 95 in that range, 93 and 69, 95, 67. Yeah, I, don't, I don't think, I think they'll, they'll play for a division title. It depends where Toronto finishes. I think they'll be a little bit above Tampa and Boston. They have no excuse to lose 
or to win less than 88 games, I'd say. No, no. Like they're, they're stealing, I think, a 100-win team. If they Listen, if they if they win 105 games, it wouldn't be out of the ordinary. I think that team, the roster right now, is built for that 90 to 97 range, something like that. But, um, yeah, in a normal season, this team is a guaranteed playoff team in that division. It's just with how strong that division is right now, it's we'll see. Blue Jays are good. Rays are not going anywhere. The Red Sox are – Red Sox might have been one of those teams last year that kind of just – not a team of destiny because they didn't make it past the LCS, but one of those teams that might have overachieved. Um, but we'll see. I think it's going to be a very interesting year for the Yankees. Uh, I don't know if you have any final thoughts on those guys. It's so hard to predict. Like I said, there's a million different things could happen. So Judge contract. Does Judge get signed before uh, tomorrow or no? I guess it would yeah. be tonight. You yeah, do, I think it's tomorrow. Yeah. Tomorrow's going to be an opening day kind of thing. Announce him as the – not the next captain. I doubt they'll do that, but they'll just kind of be like, this is our guy. You know, we're not going to go – I. I don't think the Yankees want to go through this season with that up in the air, being like, will they sign him at the end of the year? And because they know if Judge has a huge season again, if he stays healthy, he's going to command even more in the offseason, which he should. And if I'm Aaron Judge, I'm asking for anything and everything. Because yeah. why the, Why not? He's the best player on the team. He's the most important Yankee they've had since Jeter. He's been nothing but a perfect face of the franchise since he's been here. And they failed to put a roster around him that could win a World Series. One minute left. What does his contract look like? Seven to twenty, that's what I've been saying from the start. I think it'll be over thirty AAV. Yankees probably want six years. Judge probably wants eight years. They compromise at seven, but they'll give him the average annual value that he wants. That's what I'll say. Uh, if you have any opinions on that, no, I was I was actually thinking about that today at the gym. I was like, I think he's he's not getting more than seven eight years, and with just based on everything, he's not making three hundred million dollars if he's not getting nine, ten years. So I think seven two twenty is probably a good amount. That puts him at what, just over thirty, we said. Yeah, like it's, it's about thirty two. Yeah, thirty one. Definitely point fair. Something. Stays on the field, he's worth that and then some. So I, I think it's a fair contract. Yeah. All right, we talked a little bit about the Yankees. Um Mets game just ended. It is eleven fifty six on this Thursday night. They won five one. Um, I think the Mets have had as good of an offseason as any team could really have before the lockout. You bring in Mark Hanna, Starling Marte, Eduardo Escobar, all older guys, but all guys that are professional hitters. And I think anybody who watched the Mets last year knows that that's what they lacked, even in 2020. I watched a video from Foolish Baseball last night. The Mets 2020 team had the fifth highest weighted runs created plus in MLB history. Literally MLB history, not just in the modern era or whatever. I mean, this is dating back to the teams with Babe Ruth and those guys in the Yankees um, up there with the 20, I think it was a 2017 or 19 Astros, blah, 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 doesn't matter. They didn't have professional hitters last year. Even if they got guys in scoring position that couldn't hit, the Mets sucked. They averaged like four runs a game last year or something like that. It was ridiculous. Um, this year, I think Lindor's had a full year in New York. He had a lot of pressure on him last year. Uh, Pete Alonso was good last year, 34 home runs, 100 RBIs or 97 RBIs. Um, a lot of professional hitters. I think tonight you're playing against the Nationals. I'm not going to look at this result and talk about the Mets being back. They're always good in April. It doesn't fucking matter. Todd Frazier could have been hitting third tonight. They would have won. It wouldn't have mattered. Um, I think this lineup on paper, like I said, they have more professional hitters they've ever had. Noah's laughing no matter what. He can suck the Yankees' dicks for all he wants, but as soon as I talk about the Mets, he thinks something's funny. So what's funny? <laughs> no, it's a lot of the Todd Frazier thing. He's off, bro. Is it? Is it? I was laughing is at it? the Todd Frazier. Thing. Nah, you were laughing before, bro. He, uh, doesn't, he doesn't let me get excited <laughs> about the Mets, but he can talk about how this is the best Yankees team they've put on paper for the uh, fourth year. I would straight. never say that. No, 2019 Yanks were the best team we put on paper. No, nah, but, but – um, no, I think the Mets are going to have a good year. I, I'm I'm laughing more so because usually I'm actually the one on this podcast hyping the Mets up a little bit. 
I think I've picked them to come out of the NL like two of the last three seasons on paper. Well, they've been my Mostly wild card team the past like two years. They've been a wild card. Team? They've been my wild card prediction. Oh, I always, yeah, I always yeah. give the Braves the benefit of the doubt. They're the you know the reigning division champs and this year reigning world champs, but. This is the best team they've had on paper since we said this last year, probably, but since 2006, it has to be. Hey, listen, Tyler McGill's mom liked Tyler's tweet, and because of that, I think they're going to win the World I think that, I think that was the omen we needed. Uh, tonight, 5-1, clutch hits with two outs, something they never did last year. Mark Hanna with two big knocks. Um, Starling Marte set the tone. He got Granted, he got thrown out trying to steal second in the first inning, but let off the game with the base hit. Uh, Lindor had an RBI single. Granted, he struck out three times tonight, but... I think that Pete Alonso escaped death for the second time in a month. I think that's important to note. You guys probably heard me go silent for 30 seconds. If you see the audio file in this episode, you can look at the audio log, and you could probably just see that there's no audio for like five seconds. That's probably when Pete almost died. Um, but, yeah, the offense should be good. They produced tonight. It's game one of 162. I'm not good at math, but that's less than 1% of the season. So I'm not going to look into it too much, but I think the guys they brought in, high on base guys, guys that have been professional hitters their whole careers, they have no excuses here. They should get bounce backs from McNeil. McNeil looked great tonight at the plate. Lindor should be better tonight, or Lindor should be better this year. He had a hit tonight, like I said. Um, even guys like JD and Dom should be able to play a part this year because they couldn't do anything last year. So John I'm Mayberry not, Jr. John Mayberry Jr. will be good. Kevin Plawecki <laughs> will bring him back. Get Kelly Johnson to Juan Uribe. Um Offense, I'm not worried about. Noah talked about it before. They don't have any bona fide power hitters besides Pete Alonso. Obviously, talk about a bona fide power hitter, but I think that this team can produce the way that we're, they're expected to based on you know each guy's career numbers. They should be able to drive in runs and and the Mets seem like their focus for years has been on the pitching, and we'll talk about that real quick. Obviously, you bring in Max Scherzer with three years, 130 million, 120, something like that, whatever. That's right. Huge money. Um, he's old. There was concerns about the dead arm, but uh, coming into spring, his first start, he threw, I think he threw like six innings. He was throwing 96, 97. He should be fine. He had a little hamstring tweak, but he's making the start tomorrow night. Um, of course, DeGrom's hurt. DeGrom will be out for two months. And it's just frustrating with DeGrom because you win a Scion in 18, 19, 20, you pitch great. 2021, you, a bit of 2020, and then 2021, you start getting hurt. And it's you missed significant time last year after he was – he had like a .5 ERA for the first month or two of the season. Then he had one start. He gave up like two or three runs, and his ERA jumped to like a 105, something like that. He was on pace to have the greatest pitching season ever, basically. Gets hurt. And then this year, comes into camp, question marks about his arm, looks good in spring. And now he's shut down with some sort of shoulder impingement out for at least four weeks, and they'll reassess him. He'll be out for two months. They need to tread water without DeGrom. They can tread water, get him back, and have him – his arm doesn't turn into fucking Cardenitas. He should be good. But as long as they tread water, they'll be fine. you think that first two months of the season will be okay to survive without him? So here's my thing with the Mets. I have three pros and three cons, and I'm not sure which is going to outweigh which. My, 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 to answer your question about DeGrom, I think the biggest con that exists with him is why is he having shoulder problems? Why do you think? Because of Zelbo, right? Yeah. Last year it was Zelbo. That means he's overcompensating for his elbow with his shoulder, and the shoulder is attached to the elbow. This is pitching ninja Noah, by the way. That's right. So yeah, me and Rob Freeman, we go way back. But we ultimately, the reason that you have shoulder injuries is because of elbow. And when you have a thirty-plus year old starter 
who had elbow problems, who was now having shoulder problems, you start to do the math and you're like, all right, well, this is tied to something that was pre-existing. I think it's 94 mile per hour sliders. Do you think that could be it? I think that definitely has something to do with it. And Because he, he was throwing his fastball slower in camp. And by slower, we mean 98, 99. But I don't think that is the problem. I think it's the 94 mile per hour slider that's the nastiest pitch in baseball. But that can't be good for your arm. Throw that in October. Don't throw that in April. Yeah. Like, we don't need to be setting with, records all season. 88, like, 90. Yeah. Like that. You don't that, need to throw 94. So that's the different that's that's what that's what great pitchers do. You coast through a lot of these regular season starts and you rely on your stuff and just the ability to navigate lineups and the ability to just get hitters out based on smarts rather than just pure stuff and these kind of pure throwers that you you bring up. I think Hunter Green's a good example with the Reds prospect that he comes up. He throws a hundred and something. But this guy's not I don't know how sustainable it's gonna be. You're getting guys out just by throwing, you're not getting guys out by pitching. Yeah. And I think DeGrom is way too seasoned of a veteran now to just kind of be airing out his stuff in spring training outings and in April outings against the Marlins. Nobody gives a, you know, a blow, a blank. So uh, the him being out for two months in terms of the Mets season, do I think that will ultimately derail them? Not really. I think if they, Siler pitches this way for the first yeah, two right. months, hell no, yeah, man. Yeah, right. I, mean, I, I think they've got enough pitching to get through these first two months, but I'm not convinced that this isn't like a major problem. Like when he yeah. comes back in June, is it is his arm going to be healed? Yeah, like, and people talk about how beat up he is. It's really only been like 2021 was the main season. He had, I want to say 2016, he was shut down, and then 17, 18, 19, he was fine. 2020, he made, uh, I don't know how many starts, it doesn't matter, but he wasn't, I think he might have missed his last few starts, but he was fine. 2021 was the only season it's been a real problem, but especially with that age, I think it's definitely a problem. But um, late in the offseason, post lockout, they brought in Chris Bassett, who's, He's got really good numbers. He's a two or three, definitely. I think with the Mets, he's obviously going to be their three with DeGrom and Scherzer at full health. Um, Bass had great numbers last year. He's got softer stuff. He throws 93 to 95, but he's a good pitcher. He knows how to work the zone. And then beyond him, you have a couple question marks. Taiwan Walker was great last year. Second, you know, second half, I think by July, August, he really started to, he really started to kind of lose it. I think his ERA in August was like a six or something like that. It was brutal. I think two, I think two things are, can explain that i think one could be spider stat spider attack could be some sort of substance i don't think this makes terrible pitchers good i don't think it's as black and white as that and part of that was you look at taiwan walker's track record before that he pitched it's like 20 innings in like the past two or three years so i think his arm could have just shut down on him he wasn't getting the spin rate on his pitches like i said could be spider attack related um but i think he was exhausted he didn't pitch that long into his season in two or three years so I'm expecting him to be better this year. Am I expecting him to be an all-star like he was last year? Definitely not, but I need him to be a serviceable four. Um, and then behind that, Carlos Carrasco hasn't looked great in spring training. His last outing was okay. He's older. He's had um, He had injury problems last year, so I'm not too convinced with him. But the way Tyler McGill looked tonight, I'm definitely looking forward to him. I think they'll be able to tread. I think with – not only tread, I think they'll, they'll be able to be a winning team without DeGrom. They can't. They're not going to make it in the postseason without the Grom. But if they can get the Grom back healthy and he could, you know, play in the second half of the season and he could pitch in October, assuming they make it there, then they'll be fine. But they're not making a, a postseason run without the Grom. Um, the bullpen's interesting because you have Diaz, who was good last year, but I feel like Diaz is that guy where he's good, and then when he gets the games he blows are just like catastrophic blown saves. Like it's you blow it. Everyone's going to blow a save. The best pitcher, best closer in baseball is going to blow a save. But I feel like every time Diaz blows a save, it's a must win game. So he's always a question mark. You have Seth Lugo, Trevor May, who gave up a absolute Titanic blast to Soto. Um, 
you have some other arms in there. I'm trying to, of course, I don't remember who right now. You have Adam Adovino, who's an interesting guy. He's had a, a pretty good career. He's been okay recently. Um, who's the guy the Yankees Mets Mets traded Miguel Castro for? Who's the guy in the Yankees? What's his name? Lefty. Oh, uh, uh, Jolie Rodriguez. Jolie Rodriguez. Thank you for the pronunciation help right there. Jolie yeah. Rodriguez should be okay. They need a lefty. Chasing Tree was good for the Mets a couple years ago. He came back. It's such a funny name. No, hearing, you just got a bunch hearing, of Yankees. Hearing Chasing Tree. Yeah. Could you, you imagine said, we brought back Dellen Batances? You just said Cano. You said Dellen Batances, Cano, Shreve, and Jolie Rodriguez on this episode. Dude, dude, you're going to eat your words tomorrow when Glaber strikes out four times and Cano bunted for a base hit and slapped one down the left field line oppo for a base hit. But uh, listen, I'm a realist. I'm not going to say the Mets are going to win their division because they're not. Uh, I mean, they could. I'm not going to say predict they're going to, but we do this every year. We've done the podcast for what well, is our second season doing it. Third season, I guess, 2020. Second real one. I mean, three seasons of baseball, if we're talking about it like that. Three seasons worth of predictions now. Probably every season we've said that the Mets are going to make the playoffs. They haven't. So I'm a realist. I'm not going to sit here and say they are. They have a great team on paper, top five team in the National League on paper when everyone's healthy, you know, obviously Grom. Um, but. I got to give the benefit of the doubt to the A's or the Braves, excuse me. The World Series hangover is always real. Teams don't repeat the World Series anymore. Um, the Braves should win that division. I think the Mets will finish second. Uh, we could branch off the Mets right now. I think they'll be a wild well, card no, team. No, let me get to my points. If you want to get your points Mets. real quick, but I, I think the I'm other sorry, teams yeah. there, Braves are the Braves, but I'm not too scared of the Phillies. We'll jump into that later. So if you want to finish your points on the Mets real quick. So here are my cons with the Mets. I already outlined one of them with the ground help. The second one, well, this kind of encompasses everything, is the starting pitching help because Scherzer already had this hamstring tweak, right? And yeah. Taiwan Walker's a guy, even if he's good, he's battled a lot of injuries throughout his career. And Carlos Carrasco missed a lot of time last year too. So this is a rotation that, outside of Bassett and Siler McGill, is going to undoubtedly have some health concerns. Which is annoying because they're probably the best rotation in baseball at full health. With You have DeGrom, Scherzer, Bassett as a 1-2-3, and then you get – production out of walker and then like a mcgill or even carrasco he's okay that's as good a rotation as you can get but there's every single guy there has injury concern besides i guess you could say mcgill but i'm just saying him because he's pitched for two months of a season right. last year so it's definitely a fair point and it's it's they have a ton of depth but at the same time it's like two or three of those guys get knocked down then you're you're doing what you did in 2020 so so that's my first concern with the mets my second concern is i brought this up to you before off air and we're gonna talk about it a little bit here Granted, they just had a good win, and I think they're going to be able to manufacture runs, but I do not think that they have enough power. I just don't think from a lineup perspective they have that guy behind Alonzo who really puts fear into a pitcher where you're not comfortable with throwing Alonzo, hey, I'm down 2-0 in the count. Instead of giving in with a fastball here, I'm just going to throw him a slider, see if he chases a right-hand hitter. If he doesn't chase, swing and miss percentage is pretty high. I'm just going to go after Eduardo Escobar. That's the fifth hitter behind him. Eduardo Escobar, good hitter. Mark Hanna, good hitter. McNeil, good hitter. All these guys are good hitters. Where are you getting 30 home runs out of any of those guys? And I think a lot of these teams that have elite lineups will present that kind of 3-4-5 that all are 30 home run guys. And like the Braves infield last year, bullshit. Oh, so yeah. Weird. yeah. So stupid. But they had that, right? That's what I'm saying. It's yeah. just ridiculous how they had that, but they did. They had that. And I think beyond Lindor, maybe, and I love Lindor. I mean, I'm not knocking Lindor. I think he's great for what he is, and I think he's an elite player, but I don't – look at Lindor and be like, wow, this guy from a power perspective, I can't make a mistake to him. Like, I think he's more likely to slap that for a base hit to left field, honestly, than yeah. crank a homer. He's going to hit his 20, 25 home runs, no doubt about it. Maybe even 30. He's done it before. But he's not, you know, I'm making a Yankee reference. He's not Judge Stanton. He's not Acuna. He's not Soto. He's not any of these mammoth, you know, power threats. You know, even what you guys had last or a couple of years ago with Conforto, hitting 30-something home runs. He's not that for them. 
And well, I, it's, 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 well, right. Yeah, sure. But Alonzo is your big power guy. And I think if he struggles to honestly be one of those top five to 10 power hitters in the league, you're going to finish in the bottom half of the league in home runs. And I haven't seen a team win a world series finishing in that light. I mean, you don't have to be the, the Yankees or you don't have to be one of these mammoth home run hitting teams to win a world series. We've seen the Red Sox a few years ago do it. And, you know, they J.D. Martinez, they Mookie Betts, they, they, they hit home runs, but they didn't do it just by the home runs. See, the Braves last year, obviously, you said they're infield, but kind of a little bit of – not fluke, maybe a little bit fluky, a little, definitely unexpected in terms yeah. of power production from their infield. But they, you know, didn't always do it with home runs. But a lot of these teams that do win it, I mean, a lot of it's coming from home runs. I mean, look at the Nationals a couple of years ago. They got home runs out of Zimmerman in the playoffs that were important in that five-hole, beyond Rendon and Soto. And then they had – Trey Turner was hitting leadoff bombs for them. I don't know if the Mets have enough power at, at the current moment. No, this is again, this isn't to be a playoff team. I think they have enough power to be a playoff team. Yeah, I feel like I feel like but, almost in a way that'll help them at least become a playoff team because last year you had you had Jeff McNeil career three twenty hitter trying to hit home runs. Conforto hit two hundred trying to pull every ball. I think this year they'll benefit from approach that doesn't have to necessarily rely on hitting home runs because they tried to hit so many last year. But at the same time, it's when push comes to shove, you need guys that can do that. And they have a lot of, like, 20 home run guys, but they don't have multiple guys who can hit 30-plus. Not a lot of teams have, like, several 30-plus home run hitters. Like you said, it's going to be Pete is going to hit at least 30 home runs if he's healthy. And then beyond that, it's Lindor at his best is going to hit 30 home runs. Besides that, you can't point at a guy and say he's going to hit 30 home runs. So I understand the, the, the thing for sure. It's going to be fun to watch because, like, this team will be built on – just, you know, keeping the line moving, having the next guy, you know, up at the plate, which is going to be fun. But at the same time, I think based on trends, I know you're a big trends guy. Uh, right. Home hitting teams tend to, you know, make it further in the playoffs and win World Series. And granted, teams have combinations of both. Teams don't just hit home runs in World Series. They need to come up with timely base hits and that kind of stuff. But um, so it's a, it's a fair criticism and a fair concern to have, I'd say. With even like a midseason trade, we were watching the Nationals Mets game. Nelson Cruz to the Mets for nothing in yeah. July, like him DHing instead of one of these random guys kind of in there. That adds a lot to the lineup. Having hit a guy like that behind Alonso and Lindor or in the middle of them, I think something like that it just makes them a lot more complete. I mean, I was thinking about the Yankees with Gallo, even, and I'm not again, I'm not, I'm not saying the Yankees have this this extreme lineup, but I think that's a reason why they did it last year. Is beyond Judd and Stanton, they didn't have that guy behind the the big guys to provide that kind of fear, you know, from a power standpoint and the Mets will definitely benefit in postseason play with the amount of professional hitters that they have because it requires, you know, to be able to man on first, nobody out. If you're not bunting, hit a base hit to right field and get first and third, nobody out. You saw the Mets put a lot of guys on tonight. They had a lot of opportunities to score runs and they were they able to break through a couple times. A guys get on base. They didn't hit any home runs. They scored five runs. If they put the amount of base runners that they put on, you know, Subtract James McCann getting, you know, being a magnet at the plate. And if Pete Alonso didn't almost lose his life, maybe he could have hit a home run. Yeah, if the Nationals pitchers really had any command. But besides that, you know, the amount of guys that they put on base, one guy breaks that game open, it's 8 nothing. It's not 4 nothing. You're not using Edwin Diaz. You're not using Lugo. Which shouldn't have been Diaz tonight. but Those are going to be little things that are going to end up coming up big in the playoffs. Those ability to break a game open. That's more my thing with the Mets is when I look at their team, I think they're really good. But do I think they're going to break a game open on me and be up 10 nothing in the fourth inning? Absolutely the fuck not. That's my, that's my thing with the Mets lineup. Strong. Absolutely the fuck is very strong, but I digress. What's your third con? Or was, was that it? Um, it was really just at the end of the year, what's the bullpen look like? Yeah. I think it's fine now, but I brought it to you before. I think Adebino is a guy who flames out. If you ask Red Sox fans, he flamed out last year. 
asked me as a Yankee fan, he flamed out for us and he's a guy who'll look great for two months and then he'll just fall off a cliff and you're like, what the hell happened? Yeah. So Adovino scares me a little bit from that perspective, but, um, and then obviously Diaz had his kind of ups and downs in New York, but I think they're a reliever away or even, you know, internally or externally from having a good bullpen, which is really all you need. You don't need need to have a super bullpen to win. Going back to the power question. I wonder if they bring up Francisco Alvarez, Mets number one prospect, top 10 prospect in baseball. He's a, I can't say he's a bona fide power hitter, but what he's done in the minor league shows that he's going to have a ton of power. He's a catcher. With the way McCann played last year and, you know, he, he was a punching bag tonight for the Washington Nationals pitchers. I wonder if they look internally or if they wait, give him another year. Because you have McCann, three more years, $30 million. You have Tomas Nito, who's – he's a meme. I get it. He's a good, defense, good defensive catcher. Hit well in spring. That doesn't matter. Anybody can hit well in spring. I wonder if they look internally. You have guys – you have power hitters in the organization. I think a guy like Beatty's at least another year away. Alvarez is coming up this year and next year. I wonder if that's where they look for power beyond making trades. But I think that makes more sense. Get a reliever at the at the deadline. Relievers are so random. We talked about it. Luke was great last year, 0.95 ERA. He could have a five out in Los Angeles. So mm-hmm. um well, he give up five. No, I'm saying he he could have a five uh, ERA this year. Uh, relievers are something. good one year shit next year. So um yeah, it's just there's there's I think the thing is there's no point of predicting or talking about the Mets because everything can well, go south or it's they could have a year like 2015 where they don't stop winning. Like it's it, it's too hard to predict. All teams are hard to predict, but it's I don't know. I don't want to get too invested, but I'm excited about this team. Let me do the positives quickly with the Mets because I gave you the cons and I don't want to be the annoying Yankee fan who just talks about the cons. The first pro is that their roster on paper, if they're right in July and you know it's a July night, they're clicking. They're so easily capable of going on a 10 to 15 game winning streak and being the amazing Mets and taking, you know, the taking over baseball. They have so many quality players the on the roster. The lineup is super deep. Like yeah. you said, not yeah. a lot of power, but one through seven is if guys are played the way they have at their career level, it's it's a very deep lineup. Yeah, I mean, you look around the diamond, even Cano is your ninth or tenth best player. I'm like, I'd still take that. Yeah. In I mean, he's, he's still a professional. and. Escobar, Canna, Canna knows how to get on base. Escobar will hit a bunch of doubles and he'll be productive. And Starling Marte is a good hitter. Brandon Nimmo gets on base. They, they you know, Alonzo will hit his 30 something home runs. Lindor is going to hit 25 homers and be a dynamic switch hitter who no pitcher wants to give into. And they, they're going to have the ability to walk. They're going to have the ability to spray the ball around the field. They'll drive in runs. You know, you think a lot more effectively than they did a couple of years ago. And, you know, if they, if they, power's easy to get. You know, yeah. you can easily turn around in July and be like, "Hey, Rockies, give me Chris Co- Chris Crone or what is he? Two thirty hitter, but he hits thirty home runs. Or Randall Grichik, like, yeah. you know, I'll give you a minor league arm. Well, like, yeah, sure, here's thirty home run hitter, and boom, you, know, you got a home run guy. That's why I would have so, loved Schwarber in the offseason, but the way the money worked, he ended up getting paid a lot more money than maybe people would have expected with Philly. Great, big power hitter. I would have loved him in the DH spot. So I think it was definitely the power is necessary, but. I think just home runs and relief pitching is something that there's typically a plethora of on the in the trade market. Yeah, and yeah. The I don't know how. Don't understand that. So. Yeah, I, I don't know how how keen the Mets are going to be on trading. They they don't have a particularly deep farm system because of previous regimes. So we won't talk about because they're also banned from this podcast. But um, yeah, they'll they'll be able to find somebody as long as they can score more than three runs a game, unlike last year. But. Uh, it's whatever. We'll see. Yeah, and that, that was my first pro. The second pro is I think Buck Showalter's an upgraded manager, and I think he's going to be able to get the most out of the pitching staff and ultimately just kind of manage a room full of veterans for the most part. This team, they're young-ish, but they don't have a lot of young guys. They're really I mean, not. I, I, like, I'd, if you want to look at it, not look at it in depth, but they're really not young if you think about it. I mean, Marte's, what, 36? 
I don't know if he's 36. He's up there. He's up there. Know. You have Canna's 32, 33. Yeah, Scherzer. Escobar, Scherzer's 37. World Series champion. Yeah, I mean, uh, McNeil's not young. He's probably 28, 29. Alonzo's 28, 29. It's, yeah. it's, it's an older team, but I, I think that this game is driven by its young talent, but I don't think this team is old. This isn't a 2015 Yankees team, or is it? Yeah. 2015 no. Yankees? It was, yeah, it was around that. Yeah, they rod Beltron, all those guys. And I'm not picking on the Yankees. It's just you can't, it's an old team I can think of. Team. It's just um, – they're not an old team. They're an experienced team. I think that's important. I think that's a good point you bring up because last year the whole thing was the Mets sucked, but they were they were such good. They were they had such good chemistry. It's like, does it matter that Conforto, JD Davis, McNeil, and these guys got along? You had Lindor punched McNeil in the face in May. Marcus Stroman was calling people in the organization racist because they wanted Max Scherzer over him. Um, you want to? <laughs> Thank God that, he's gone. Not right? that listening to this. You want to find? You want to find me be a clown? Go go listen to what I probably said about Marcus Stroman. He was great last year. I, I told you he was going to be better than you thought he was going to be. I know you weren't high on his. He pitched very well for the Mets last year as a two or three. But I mean, just he was he was arguing with like fourteen year old kids with fan accounts on Twitter last year, like this 16, 17 year old kid on Twitter who's like just you know trying to do his thing. And Stroman's is doing this and that. He was I, there's absolutely no chance that the only reason he's gone is because they were able to get Scherzer or someone else. Right. I'd say a large part of the reason he's gone is because. People in the organization knew that he was he was a clubhouse cancer, and I think that's important. I think Buck is perfect for that. Louis Rojas, new MLB manager, is not going to be able to lay his foot down. I don't think Buck is going to take any shit. Whether Buck is too dated is you know something that's yet to be seen, but I think he's the perfect guy to actually you know at least bring a certain culture to to a ball club. I think that's very important for for this team, especially that's been memed rightfully so for their entire sixty year history. <laughs> I will say on Strowman, I'm not I'm not against any of his personal beliefs. I mean, I, whatever he wants to say, he can say, and he can feel that way. But when it ultimately becomes a detriment to the team, is when I think you have to kind of draw a line. That's why the Mets decided to move on from a guy who's not bad. Yeah, you know, he's pretty good. He's his numbers he, stack he up against year. you know. Finish the, the middle... season. Finish the season. Said he'd love to go back to New York. Then he signs with the Cubs. Like, thank God I didn't go back there. I didn't want to go back there. Whatever. It's yeah, like, dude, I mean, just, like, just, all right, dude, a... go pitch for the Cubs. Then, like, that's yeah, that's, that's fine. I mean, I. I don't, I don't. I don't. I don't want to talk about Stroman. As always, but, this is not. This is a baseball podcast. That's this right. Isn't Stroman that's specific. Right. But, but um, as far as the Mets go, yeah, they've 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 got the talent. They've got the right manager, I think, and ultimately they've got guys who have been in big games. I mean, Lindor's been in the playoffs before. The Grom's been in the World Series before. Sherman Scherzer's won a World Series before. Ken has been in nine wild card games and has yeah, lost right. every Walsh single one of them, basically. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, Escobar's been there with the Brewers. Yeah, they they've got guys who. They, they have professionals and, you know, not a lot of teams can fully say that up and down their roster, be like, this guy's been in big games. We trust this guy in this spot. You know, this guy knows what his role is. I think that's valuable in today's game. And I think they'll, they'll benefit because of it. I don't think this is going to be a Mets team that you can meme. I, I don't think they have that in them. I don't think they have the lack of depth or the, you know, lack of experience. Of this year. Yeah, so I, I think that's ultimately what kind of causes it. You'll have a couple injuries really go wrong, and then all of a sudden you're playing some guy you dug off the streets go from Syracuse. At, go look at a team in May so, last year. Lindor was the only regular, him and McChicken. But. Yeah, so I, I don't think they're that. I think they're somewhere between I, – I, it's hard to give Mets floors and ceilings because it feels like it's infinite. It's for so both. dynamic. But I, I feel like you in terms of – You tell me a team a, last year was a 76-win team, I'd – Call you stupid, and then they win seventy six. So games. what? I gave the Yankees. I thought they were about a ninety three win team, ceiling probably ninety seven, floor about eighty five for the Yankees. So the Mets are about that. Yeah. All things considered, maybe a little bit higher of a ceiling, just because they tend to get on these crazy runs when they're really good, and they probably have a little bit more talent than the Yankees do. But I 
put them at the same floor. I don't know if that's fair or not. I think that if I had gone to my head, how many games the Mets win? 89-73. Record that comes to my head. Say, I was going to say 88 or 89, first or second wild card. I'd yeah. say I'd say the Yankees probably have a tighter window or tighter uh, bracket of wins losses. I think they're not going to lose any wins. I said this before. They're not going to win any less than eighty-seven games. I don't think they're going to win many more than hundred. The Mets could go. Oh, they won't win more than hundred. The no, Mets. No way. That's what I'm saying. Their ceiling's like hundred wins, but their ceiling's ninety-seven. This Mets team could win eighty games, or they can win hundred two games if the Grom comes back and the rotation's fine with that. They can be a you know a pretty dominant team in the, Amer- in the National League. But um, I was going to say eighty-nine wins. Noah says eighty-eight. I think that's perfect range. Um, let me put it on the record real quick. I'm an optimistic Mets fan. I love this team more than I love anything else, but I'm never going to predict that they're going to be good because shit always goes wrong. Um, I guess while we're here, we can kind of segue into playoffs real quick. What do you think about that division? Just with We kind of touched on the ALE, so I want to ask you about this division. Do the Phillies scare you at all? That offense is really good, but do they do they scare you? Do you see them as a postseason slash division threat? I could see them as a wild card threat. I don't think they're better than the Braves. I don't think they deserve that kind of – you know, respect yet. Um, they have five really, really good hitters in their lineup, and they could have a six with a rookie infielder, a Stott. Stott yeah. yeah. And, you know, who knows? Didi, Segura, you know, they, they might get something for the bottom. Segura's the annoying. Like, he's, he's yeah, I mean, more than that. They're going to be able to get some hits. That They're the kind of definition of guys who just will show up in random, in, in random spots. Their bullpen's improved on paper, you know, familiar in hand. But then I'm talking about Jarrett Familia and Brad Hand. Familia, like I don't know how hype I am just, about just that. Just think about like a, just think about a game in like August. Every t- the top three teams in the NL East are separated by five <laughs> games. Right. You have you have Marte, Lindor, McNeil, and Pete Alonso coming up, and you have Familia and Brad Hand coming at them. Two former Mets. It's just it's that's you're not scared of it. You're not scared of it. No, and and that's... you could be scared of it. You don't have to be scared of Edwin Diaz, but Edwin Diaz can also go 101 at your face and then throw a slider that makes you swing out of your shoes. Like it's, I feel like Familia and Hand don't have that potential, but you're not scared of them, and it's it's just something that I'm not particularly afraid of. And the defense is horrendous. No, yeah, that's that was my point. So Harper is one of the ten best players in the sport. You're a big Bryce Harper guy. He's oh, tearing up spring training. You're going to tell me that, Twitch. He's, he's a great player. Not taking anything away from him. Schwarber, great ad. Castellanos, good ad. I thought it was a little bit redundant you like, with you Schwarber, like Schwarber because you like, the defense. But. You think Schwarber's a great ad? Castellanos is a good ad? Yeah, because I think Schwarber fits their lineup and their ballpark a little bit better. Um, I think yeah, okay. with Hoskins and with Real Mudo and you know Harper being their three big guys, adding a fourth guy into that being a lefty i think that makes sense especially with the amount of right-handed power arms you have in that division look at the marlin staff alcantara lopez right you look at you look at the mets you look at the mets with scherzer Degrom, bassett you look at the braves with ian anderson you look at charlie morton i think schwarber makes a lot of sense for them and i think he really came on with the red Sox and played fenway's a pretty hitters friendly park citizens bank park's one of the definitions of of a hitters friendly park yeah I think he'll hit 30 bombs. I think he'll drive in 100 runs. I think Phillies fans will really like Schwarber. Castellanos, I don't think, is as consistent as Schwarber in, in, or will be as consistent. Maybe he probably has been in his, in his career, but will be as consistent as Schwarber will be. And I think he might be a little bit slower to adapt to that market. Um, I also see, not to cut you off, I kind of see um, – I almost see Castellanos as a uh, – what's it called? I almost see him as a reactionary move by the Phillies, and I'll explain that in a second. So as Noah nearly loses his hand walking back from the bathroom, I was talking about the the explanation on Castellanos. So I feel like Castellanos, 
any team who has Castellanos is is getting better no matter what. I don't care how good your offense is. Um, I feel like that was somewhat of a reactionary move just because, if I'm not mistaken, the way the timetable worked, the Mets traded for Bassett. They got stronger on top of an A-plus offseason pretty much. The Braves lost Freeman, then they get Matt Olson on top of the team they have right now. Obviously, the Phillies got Schwarber. I think that getting Castellanos was, like you said, it's a bit redundant. Granted, they're going to hit. Those guys are going to hit, especially in that ballpark, no doubt. Um, I think Castellanos was a little bit reactionary. I don't know if that's going to necessarily bite them in the ass this year, but I think a few years down the road when they have a lot of that money tied to some of these guys. I mean, you got money tied to Real Muto's got a contract. Harper's got a contract. Castellanos is probably got, what, five years, something like that? Yeah, it was like five and eighty, I think. Yeah, in you have Schwarber's making. He's there for at least three years. That's same. Three or five years, same thing. You have money tied to a lot of guys. Wheeler was great last year. You could argue that he was a Cy Young winner last year. Should have been. You got money tied to a lot of guys. So, um, it's going to be interesting to see how they fare. Like we said, if you look at it at the ballpark, you look at their track record. Schwarber was great last year. Castellanos was great last year. Ballpark plays them well. Uh, yeah, Castellanos five years, hundred million, making twenty million dollars a year. You're paying that guy for all offense. So if he has a down year, he's giving you nothing. You're not at least – I'm only connecting this because I'm a Mets fan. At least Lindor last year for the months he sucked, he was playing gold glove caliber defense. Castellanos, if he slumps in you know June and he's 0 for his last 20, he's probably making a couple errors on left field also. So it's going to be interesting to see how that team works because their defense is not good at all. They're going to mash. But with teams like the Mets, the Braves always have good arms no matter what, and the Marlins with these good staffs. If they can neutralize the Phillies, I think that could be a problem for them. But – um, I don't know. I'd say I'm a little worried about them, but I think in a way I'm probably more worried about facing the Marlins as a Mets fan, just because the Mets love to play well against good teams and they play a team like the Marlins and get swept and then Brody Van Wagen and throws a chair. So I don't know. The Phillies makeup is very weird, but I'm not going to sit here and doubt that they're not going to destroy baseballs just because I hate them. I don't know if you've got anything about the Phillies. So I'll say two things I consider when I factor into kind of teams, I think of what is your greatest strength? And what is your greatest weakness? And where does that stack up compared to the other teams? And their greatest strength is their middle of their order, those five guys. Where does that stack up in the division? It's better than the Mets. By how much? Maybe not that much, but it's better. It's better than the Marlins, and it's better than the Nationals, obviously. How much better is it than the Braves? If Acuna is healthy and you have Acuna, Albies, Olsen, Ozuna, and Riley, assuming Riley can – he at least do 75% of what he did last and year. And Andrew Swanson hits 30 home runs last year. You, you're probably not getting that from him again, yeah. but it's top to bottom if you're looking at it that way. If you go if you go position if we go position by position, you go Matt Olson, better player than Hoskins. Second base, you have Gene Segura versus Ozzy Albies. You take Albies. Mm-hmm. Shortstop, you go Didi and Dansby. You take Dansby. Mm-hmm. Third base, you go you're taking Riley, Riley over Bomber Stott. We don't know Stott yet. And then in the outfield, it's Acuna over. Let's say let's pair Acuna and Harper. That's you probably take advantage of Acuna still. It's a. I'll it's call it a wash. I'll yeah, call it a wash. Harper was MVP. Harper's Acuna's MVP. Injury, respect but... that. And then you have Castellanos, Schwarber. You have Castellanos and Schwarber versus, I guess, Ozuna and whoever the I'm hell. Sure, Philly's going to have that. Duval or something like that. Yes. Yeah, so it's but, the infield is really. And locked Romuto, up by the Romuto, we should say Romuto over Darno. Romuto over Darno is, is a big advantage that they yeah. have. But. So it's pretty even. If anything, you could lean a little bit. Atlanta, um, and Atlanta's got a better bullpen. I mean, those guys just heroic last year. Matt Sick and those guys. And then the rotation, we looked at it. You don't have any absolute studs in that rotation. And then you have uh, Soroka's coming back. You have Fultonevich, those guys. Fultonevich. Not Fultonevich. What the fuck's his name? Freed. Freed, that's there his name. Fultonevich. Fultonevich is, yeah. is terrible. He's, um, he's working at McDonald's now. Yeah. You have, you have Max Freed. 
Ian Anderson, uh, Charlie Morton still. Lord knows he's probably going to pitch to a three RA. But um, the Phillies definitely don't stack up against team like the Braves. I think you talk about the Mets it's a little more even. The Mets probably have a better bullpen and rotation the Phillies can hit. So, um, And then their weakness is the bullpen. And you have Girardi still. No, you never know what Girardi's pulling out in 2022. Well, I, don't, so. I, don't, I don't know. I mean, I, he's kind of a wash with Buck for me a little bit. And yeah. I'd still prefer Sticker to both of them. But Oh, for sure. Um, for sure. I, I'm not going to sit here and argue that. Yeah, and even your boy Ron Washington. <laughs> Good old Ron Washington. Um, Love me some Ronald. In terms of the division, I still think the Phillies are the third team on paper. If I had to go with a gut thing. You know, in on August first, they're going to be two games up on Atlanta and four up on the Mets, and that's just how it's going to be. Yeah. But what do they get beyond that? And I think for the Phillies, it's ultimately going to come down to Kyle Gibson. Is he a legit third starter for them or not? Or Zach Eflin? Which one of them can either of them give them 150 plus innings of legit third starter ball? That's my biggest question. The second question is: Is the bullpen not going to be terrible? And the third question is: How much does that defense hurt them? Those are the three big questions that surround the Phillies, and if they can answer two of them, who cares about the third one? They're gonna be they're gonna be awesome. You can, you can <laughs> like dance. They will be. I mean, they, they've got they've got some really high end talent from an offensive perspective. Schwarber's gonna hit thirty bombs in that ballpark. Castellanos, I can knock it all I want, but he's gonna hit two ninety with twenty five bombs. Yeah. And whether that's a two point five WAR or a four point oh WAR, you're gonna feel him in that lineup and the presence that he has. Ramudo is one of the top three catchers in the league still. Harper's one of the ten best players. There's like high upside with them and they, they could almost play. be a red Sox type last year right. where they could they could get through the regular season hitting bombs and kind of finding their arms in the way but i don't think it's a sustainable approach i mean we haven't seen them do it right and you have and to be fair to you know golden who's probably the only philly fan listening i'm and my gonna, aunt my we, aunt too yeah, and Shannon, we, if you're still listening i love you thank we, you so we much say the same thing about the mets they haven't proven anything yet but at least we've addressed that same thing with the phillies they haven't proven it yet um but i mean Zach Wheeler last year was incredible. Could have won the Cy Young. After that, Aaron Nola, traditionally good pitcher. Pitched a four six eight last year. So he's a question mark. You don't know which version of Nola you're going to get. Traditionally, he's been a good pitcher in his in his you know short major league career beyond last year. So you go Wheeler, Nola, and then after that, it's Eflin, Gibson, Ranger Suarez. Ranger Suarez was good last year, but, but it's, you have no idea what's going to happen. Arms. They're like, not terrible, but you, don't, yeah, like, you just don't know what you're going to – they're, I feel like they're. That's way more of a mediocre, like median pitching staff than some of these teams. Like it's like a B version of like what I'm telling you with the Yankees. Like, yeah, I, they're not as good as that, but they're not bad. Like, like I said, with a good offense and a good bullpen, you can get through with it. But with the Phillies, do they have the bullpen to get them through it? Yeah. Those guys are gonna, uh, Those three through five guys are gonna have their nights where they suck, and they're also gonna have nights where they give you five innings, one run. But what do those four other innings look like? How many games are you blowing in that span? You know what I'm saying? Their their offense should be able to carry them to 80-plus wins or 83, 84-plus wins at least. Absolutely. I think they're an Um, 87-75 and team, maybe 90-72. and I think that's about the range. I don't think they're much lower than that. I don't don't think you could win that. I don't think you can win more games than that on questionable pitching. Listen, Nola goes back to Scion candidate. Wheeler picks up where he left off last year. All of a sudden you have – a top two, one, two punch in baseball. Mm-hmm. Gibson's been pretty steady his whole career. Suarez was good last year in that hybrid relief slash starter role. I think 2020 might have done that also, whatever, doesn't matter. And then you have like Eflin's a decent arm. So, I mean, there's upside for sure. I think there's no reason to not be excited about this Phillies team. It's just, I'm not, you can't pencil them in just like you can't pencil the Mets in for anything. The Braves are the only team in that division you could pencil into anything. For all we know, one team from the NL East makes it to the playoffs, but they're, they're a little Blue Jay-ish for me. And, they're not as good. They're like a little bit of a worse version. They're going to mash 
they will mash the top five of that order. They're going to be in the top seven runs, seven to 10 teams and run scored. I think I firmly do believe that. I mean, they, they have, they have what four guys, realistically three or four, maybe legitimate, depending on how you feel about Hoskins. We're going to be 30 and hundred. Like they're going to score runs. Like you, you got to understand that in that ballpark too. And they're going to have nights where they blow out the, you know, the nationals 15 to one instead of the bank park. It's going to be the fight and fills are back. Like you're going to have that. But at the same time, what does that get you at the end of the day? Playoffs and then nothing? Yeah. I mean, that, that, that team will take whatever. They haven't been in the playoffs since 2000, like, I think, 2011. We haven't seen it with them. And I'm saying with the Phillies, we haven't seen it with them either. And I don't see that exact reason until we see it out on the field. On paper, I don't see that exact reason where I'm like, yeah, this team's ready to go. Don't, and for anyone listening, don't buy in in April. Don't buy in in May. You get to July, August, and they're still playing well. Then that's that's. I mean, I mean unless you're 20 over on May right, 25th, right, yeah. you know, you more the weekend. If you're 49 and 20, I mean, yeah, I'm sure you can buy it. But in, I mean, but. more in the sense of if they're 20 over in May and June, who's not to say that the Mets or the Braves might not be there also? So you can't just. Granted, if you're 20 over in May or June, you're going to get a wild card spot most likely. But I think the real test is the classic. You can't win. You can't win the division in April, but you can lose it. Yeah, we get that. But I don't want to buy into any of these teams too soon. Uh, I, I think that's a good transition into kind of predicting the landscape of baseball here on night one. Technically yeah, we're on six the, teams each. Technically, we're on the second day. The yeah, for, for any casuals who might not know, part of the new uh, collectively bargained agreement, as Scott Braun would say, on, or Scott Braun, or it was him or what's the dude's name? Greg Amsinger. He, he wouldn't call it the collective, collective bargaining agreement. He would call it the newly co- bargained collective agreement or some stupid shit like that. Uh Six teams from each league now make the playoffs. Traditionally, it's what it would be five, five from each yeah, ten five. total teams in the playoffs. With the wild card game, owners wanted fourteen. Mm-hmm. Max Scherzer and the MLP MLBPA settled on twelve. Shameless he was plug tough right to there. take through that process. Um, it was really so was. you have twelve teams in each. So I guess let's run through that right now. Let's go start in the American League because we just talked about the National League for the better part of the last hour. Right, so, so let's go NL East, NL Central, NL West division winners. Let's give you. I'll want me to do AL first. You do NL first. I said kinda. I said NL. I meant AL. No, no, no. You said it right, but I'm just saying like that's yeah. the way we should do it, right? Yep. So there, the the important thing to note here is that the top three division winners will have the home game. So the first two teams have buys in the first round, the wild card round. And the third division winner was the worst record of the three division winners will be hosting the worst wildcard record. And then the best wildcard record will have three home games against the second best wildcard record. Is that how that works? Yeah. Okay, yeah. So there is high incentive. You're basically getting a home series, you know, to finish as the top wildcard team in each conference, you know, whatever so, we call it, league. But, and that's a, is it a three-game series? Yeah, three-game okay, series so all no home. More, there's no more one game. So it's like, dude, it's like Nationals at Mets July 23rd to 25th. That's like basically that. what it is. I kind of like that. If you're the Mets and you're the number one wild card. So the there's a lot of incentive not to win your division, but to be the first wild card. The one game is fun, but at the same time, the one game, it um, it could be fluky to a certain degree. Yeah. And it's also just, it's like, all right, so um, team wins a wild card last year. Awesome. Then you get swept in three games in the NLDS and ALDS, whatever. I like the idea of a three-game series because it's like, you made the playoffs, but you really you made the wild card. It's 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 not as fun. I think getting a guaranteed series, even only three games, mm-hmm. is, is fun. So um, yeah, I, I, I agree. Whatever. Didn't Someone really has talk about that, been in but, three wild four wild card games in the last what yeah, six years? Yeah, and you've had <laughs> seven years. Good success in the wild card. Oh no, right? not really. We're two and two. 
we, we had good success in the years that I cared is, yeah, is a good right. way to put it. But let's, uh, but, yeah, let's run through it real quick. Um, the the wild card series, like you like you said, I like it a lot, and it gives incentive to to win to have the top wild card and not tank those yeah. those last few games. But um, let's we'll start division winners. Let's start with the AL. We'll do another AL West. Yeah, we can do another episode of doing full division, talk about other teams. But I think let's yeah. go winners. Let's go wild card teams. Let's do it. AL West. I've got the Strohs. Um, not really bold here. I saw a poll on Fox Sports saying the fans thought the Mariners were winning that division. I don't get that at all. I don't think they're a playoff team. And I like Julio Rodriguez. I like Robbie Ray. They're going to be better. But their run differential was so bad last year yeah. that them winning 90 games just made no sense whatsoever. That's not happening yeah, again. They, they were, they were, it was like 600. It was like 680 uh, run scores, like 750 given. Like every game they lost, they got. Like, they, they, they were a 75 win team on paper that won yeah. 90 games, and which is something we haven't really seen before. Um, will they be better than the 75 wins that they should have been for around that? Yeah, sure. I think they're going to win 83, 83, 79, 86, 76. That franchise will take that, I bet. Yeah, that, that's where they, that's where they are. They're going to have a lot of young guys. Kalanick, you know, they're going to have the growing pains. Julio Rodriguez, a lot of young guys. Robbie Ray coming into town. They lost Kikuchi. They didn't get infinitely better, but they are a better team than they were last year. They had good karma last year going for them. I'm not sure if they re- replicate that again this year. Um, so I'm going with Strohs in that division. Angels, a lot of hype. We do this every year. We were just watching the Angel game. I don't know where it is on the TV now, but uh, their top three in their order is as good as basically any team in history, and their four through nine is about as bad as any team in history. You had Matt Duffy hitting four. Yeah, what it was? Uh, I was I yeah, know. Brandon Marsh is still in their lineup. I was like, oh, really? Yeah. They made some random dude catching. Uh, I was like, all right. So if that's their opening day lineup, they would need such historic seasons from Shohei, which they got last year, Trout, which they've had before, and then Rendon, uh, who has not done that in an Angel uniform, and they would need Syndergaard, I think, to make 30 starts. They need Otani to replicate what he did last year and then get something out of those middle guys in the bullpen. I just don't see it coming together. I, it, the Angels are a perfect example of, you know, show me before you, you know, I pick you. So I've got the Astros winning that division. Uh, Central, White Sox, pretty boring. I'm not a huge White Sox guy. I said that to you before, they, before we started recording, same thing. Yeah, they, 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 they traded uh, Kimbrell for Pollock. Upgrade, probably. You know, Kimbrell's not good in postseason play and – he kind of breaks down to a little bit. I've never really been afraid of him, but they also like lost Garrett Crochet, one of the best relievers uh, for the season. So you subtract two of their top four or five lever, you know, high leverage arms right before the season starts. I mean, that's that's not that's never a good sign for a team that has player well, playoff aspirations and beyond that. And their lineup, you know, they've they've got a lot of guys who can hit home runs and they, they're good, but they remind me a little bit of the Yankee kind of deal with. The high strikeout, swing and miss, high power, you know, Anderson. They're a, and they're a, they're a classic team Robert. that gets the Astros in the first round. Yeah. And they, like lose, they lose in three games. They play like that 237 Eastern game on like a yep. Tuesday, and they're just not fun to watch. Division winner, yes, great. But beyond that, I don't see them doing anything. Yeah, else. and their starters like Lynn, Keichel, Seas, you know. I don't know. I, I I'm not sure. I I see it. Rodon was my favorite starter that they had, and they lost yeah. him. So yeah, uh, you know when you lose Rodon, you lose Kimbrel, you lose Karachi, you lose three really good arms from your pitching staff, and their offense is exactly the same as last year. Grandal, you know, another guy like that. Robert Jimenez. I like Jimenez. I should subtract him from that. I think Jimenez would be really good. But Robert Grandal. I I I, I really just don't think they're an elite team, but they're going to win their division because the Guardians stink. The Tigers, sure, they'll be interesting with Baez and Torkelson. And yeah, I mean, they'll, they'll be fine. Hinch, I like the manager. 
they're a dark horse team that I would like say like, hey, you should pay attention to them. Maybe they'll, you know. I'm glad you said that because I agree. I they'll be, be in fun. the wild card discussion in September, they'll, which they'll, they'll take. They'll sell out their ballpark on like a July night because they'll have they'll go on a good run and Baez will have a hot stretch and they'll win games. But they have some good young players, but they're they won't make noise. But they'll, they'll be they'll be. They'll be less than they'll be more than insignificant if that makes sense. Right. Yeah. No. Megan Cabrera is going to have three thousand hits in about two weeks, and um, you know, like you said, Baez, Torkelson, they've got some young arms in the rotation they'll be excited about. Yeah. They brought in Eduardo Rodriguez from the Red Sox, who will be a steady arm for them. He's not bad. They so. got a kill, but do. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, the electric center fielder. Uh, so they'll they'll get enough out of their guys to be. I wish they got not Correa, bad. Though. Yeah, now if they pick extra, Correa, I would have picked them. I actually I think I would have picked them. Hinch. He would have been so much better than. Listen, Baez was great for the Mets last year, but Correa would have made them a potential wild card team just like that. They would have competed. That it would have been great, but it's, we'll talk about that in depth in another episode. That brings me to my uh, the Twins, who I want to spend one minute on. Have fun with Gary Sanchez. Uh, was his biggest defender for a period of time, and it's got a lot of a lot of power, a lot of raw ability. Just never puts it together. I saw some of the spring at bats, and they look very reminiscent of what I saw the last couple of years. Um, Gio Urshela, shout out to you. I, I, he was good Yankee. You know, what they're going to get out of him at third base, I'm not really sure of. Um, they bring in Correa. He'll be out by July 20th. He'll be – he's going to be traded. Oh, you think, you think out is in like – I think he's going to be traded by July. Yeah. Doesn't he have an opt after each year? He's too? got an opt after each year. He set the record for 35.1 because Boris wanted good, to. Only good player in MASH and then Yeah, so out look at Correa, MVP. He's got the Twins in 500 territory. They're going to have a five-game losing streak in mid-July. They're going to be like, oh, wow, we're going nowhere. He's going to leave us in the offseason. Let's go trade him to the Yankees. Let's go trade him yeah. to the one of the – you know, let's trade him to the Mets. Fuck it. Put him in second base. Who knows? But um, I think Correa's out mid-season. Um, C. Phillips said that on MLB Network yesterday – or on the show with Russo. I heard that and – Kind of ran with it, and I really so do weird. agree with it. Um, you know, they've got the core guys they've had, Sano, Polanco, you know, those yeah. kind of guys. Um, the, the the Twins' ultimate demise will be their pitching staff. They've got none of it. They traded Barrios, who was their number one homegrown guy, who uh, I will talk about, you know, if we get to it. Yeah, we've got probably another 15 minutes here recording. I'll talk about it in a little bit. Um, I, who's the fifth team in that division? Uh, the, the, they're terrible. Royals. Whoever they are. Royals, that's it. Yeah, Granky. Congrats. Opening day win. Big big win for them. They'll win 72 games. Lineup's so, not bad. They'll, they'll, I mean, they'll start. Ben a little throwback yeah. to college maybe. Who knows? Um, so that's the Central. So White Sox and Strohs in those two divisions. AL East. Man, I really don't want to pick Toronto just because everybody's picking Toronto. So I'm going to decide not to pick Toronto. How about that? Sure. Toronto's not winning it. They're going to be the first wild card. You're going to have the in the wild card. My Yanks are winning the division. They're winning the A at least. I won't laugh. Um, do I think they're going to be a world beater team? No. Do I think they're a pencil in for the ALCS even, if not the World Series, because they never get there? No. Am I telling you that Donaldson, Stanton, Judge, everybody's going to have careers? No. I'm telling you that I think this team over the last five years has been the most consistently good team from that division, and they have been. You can't argue it. And they have a much better team than they had on opening day last year in terms of a bullpen. In terms of a starting rotation, you know, Severino being there versus what they had last year is a big upgrade, I think, if he's even 80% of what he was. And I think their lineup, I mean, man, like, when I was talking about the Mets, my deal with power, they're going to be able to beat up on some teams in these these hot summer nights and, you know, the dog days of June and July where nobody's really watching. I mean, even if they even if they have some injuries, they've, they've got five guys who can hit 30 home runs in their yeah. lineup still. I mean, they've got maybe six if you want to talk about Clayber Torres' 2019 season. But, I mean, Judge is going to be an MVP candidate. He's one of the ten, maybe five best players in the sport. I don't think anybody can debate that. 
So Carl Stanton has really come into his own in New York. Joey Gallo is perennially, if he's healthy, 35 home runs plus, despite the three outcomes. Gallo or uh, Rizzo, second year in New York. People talk about him like he's a bum. He's not. He's not great, but he's still going to put up an LPS over 800. He's going to hit 30 bombs. John Donaldson still rakes if he's healthy. So you got five guys there. You got Torres. I think has a bounce back here. You got LeMay, who's still on the roster. Good enough pitching. Really good bullpen. I like the uh, the add of Castro from the Mets. Um, Loisaka had an insane season with them. If they can just get Chapman to just be decent, you know, really. I mean, if you look at their arms, that Clay Holmes is great for them. Wendy Peralto is great for them. Chad Green's still there. They've they've got enough arms at the end of these games to be able to get through. So I I think the Yankees are ultimately the deepest team. Or not, maybe not the deepest team, but they're, they're the most proven team in the yeah. American League East. Where I think their floor is so high in terms of just like they haven't had a losing season since 1991. I think you got to factor that in a little bit. I mean, there's a franchise that doesn't have losing seasons. So I'm picking the Yankees with the premise of, hey, they're going to be at least 84 and 78. Like, why can't they win 10 more games? Last year they won 90, 91. I think their team sucked for two thirds of the season. Yeah. So I'm going to take the Yankees to win it narrowly over the Blue Jays being second. Rays third, Red Sox fourth. But I think all four of those teams, that's where my uh, next thing comes in, make the playoffs. So I think you're going to have – man, I, I think the I think the Astros have the best record. Um, I think the White Sox have the second best record because of the division being so bad. I think the Yankees are third. I think the Blue Jays are fourth, Rays fifth, uh, Red Sox sixth. So you'll have Yankees, Red Sox in the first round, which will probably result in a loss for us. And then we'll have the uh, Blue Jays and Rays. So th- that, that'll be my AL playoffs. And I I'll think – what should I say with my winner for the AL, or do you want me to do that later? You do your winner. Uh, I have the Astros coming out of the AL. It's so boring, but it's every year it's the same it's, shit. It's the easiest thing to yeah. do. Tucker. Too professional. I mean, Alvarez. He's done great Bregman, there. Yeah, got I mean, them out of the scandal. You lose Correa, you get Verlander back. Verlander should, I mean, I don't know what you're going to get out of him, but he really completely revived his career after basically being a you know a year or two away from retiring and leaving whatever. Mm-hmm. Um but they're they're an easy pick, but at the same time, it's just such a strong team, regardless of losing Korea. Um, for your playoffs, my American League playoffs, um, I'll say Astros, yes. Astros win the division, White Sox win the division. Um, and I'll say I'll say the Blue Jays win the division just for the sake of being different. Wild card teams, I'll go Yankees, Rays, and I'll go Mariners three, just for yeah. the sake of being different. I think the Red Sox definitely overachieved last year. Um, fun team, obviously, you know I I have a you know small. I like enjoy watching the Red Sox if the Mets are out of it, which is every fucking year. Um, so I enjoy the Red Sox. I like that franchise. I like the city. Um, I just I don't know. I'm not particularly. I question convinced. the pitching. It's not yes. the offense. Eduardo Rodriguez left. They have Evaldi. Who do they have beyond them? Nobody. And yeah. they, they got a few arms. Their fans Sale? will tell you they like. Sales Sale after two months. Sales is sixty days. Yeah. Yeah. See if yeah. Sale wasn't on the IL, then if I thought we were getting a fully healthy Sale, I would have taken them to at least be third. Yeah. But story story is a good pickup. I did forget about him. That yeah, he'll pepper the left field wall. That Red there. Sox that Red Sox offense is always good. You got Story, you got Devers, who's a fantastic He's hitter. Awesome. You got Danny Martinez. Really is awesome. Um and then you got you got weird guys. Bobby Dahlbeck, right? You got <laughs> yeah, like yeah, just sure. random ass names. But like Kike Hernandez, Verdugo's still there. They'll get enough Bogarts. I mean, I don't know if you brought him up already, but yeah. That, their JD Martinez is still the DH. Like they're yeah, going to have four him, potential yeah. All Stars in their offense. Yeah. I don't think it's their offense. I think they're going to be right up there with the Yankees. They're going to be right up there with the Astros and the White Sox and run scoring. But their their pitching staff. Is, Lord knows who's in that bullpen. Just, I have no idea who's. They've got a couple you guys. I mean, they still have Brazier and Barnes on the roster. You know, Garrett Whitlock. I don't know if they're going to make him a starter or not. But they they they'll their bullpen's not awful. I trust Cora to be above five hundred. 
he's entered that kind of status from as a manager. They'll, where they'll, I win, think 85, they'll win 85 games. Yeah. Just, I don't, I don't know if they'll be the, I'll take the Mariners just for the sake of being different. No, I like that. Just, I like that. And I think they're the best team that we isn't in the AL East or those yeah. White Sox. I think they're the seventh team, but I mean, in the AL, I mean, I think you're going to come to August. You're going to be talking about eight teams for six spots and maybe seven. Um, and those include the seven, the Tyler and I've talked about with the Mariners and Red Sox kind of being those alternates. And then I think you'll have the angels and tigers maybes just in terms of, Hey, angels, everything breaks, right? Maybe they're in it. And then the tigers, you know, kind of this trendy team that will be in it until kind of September and they'll fade out a little bit. I think those teams will be in it, but, I like the Mariners from your perspective. I mean, I could see it. Julio Rodriguez yeah. wins Rookie of the Year. Kalanick, you could, you, could, you could just like you could like almost see them being one of those teams where, like you said, at the Angels, things break right, and all of a sudden they just run through the American League playoffs, and it's just it's something so random could happen like that. Yeah, you never know. Be, hey, it's really easy. Hey, they won ninety games last year, and they added the Cy Young and the Rookie of the Year. Teams, teams <laughs> really easy for the Mariners. Teams sneak into the playoffs and make runs every year. We, I talk about the Nationals a million times. A team like that, I always reference my Mets in twenty fifteen. Like you never can predict what's going to happen. Like. You told me Wilmer Flores and Ruben Tejada were starting in the NLDS in 2015. You'd say someone's stupid. Same thing can be said about the Mariners. You never know. Um, coming out of the American League, dude, I have no idea. I said it's so hard to predict that. You can say Dodgers every year, Dodgers, take, Braves. Take the Yanks. I was gonna They're the best the, value, honestly. The Yankees take, are the best value. I was going to take the Yankees or the Mariners. I'm not going to pick either of them, but I'm going to I'm gonna have fun with the Mariners. I enjoy that pick. You get some young players there, Robbie Ray. Um, I'll take the Mariners or the Yankees. I think to win the AL? To win the American League, yeah, fuck. Wow, it. Mariners. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> I mean, no, listen, listen. We're doing a baseball podcast at twelve o'clock at night. Let's, if I was in Vegas right now, I'd put my money on the Jays. I'd put my money on the Yankees. But if it's if we're having some fun, I'll go Yankees or I'll go Mariners. All right, words. I'm glad we're, the Yankees are still at a point where you respect them enough to at least. They're like, also if things it. break right. It's just honestly, what if the White Sox do it? It's not like out no, of they the could. Realm. It's not not like no one's like thinking about them. So you know what. You know what? Forget the Mariners. It's gonna be the White Sox. I'll say the White Sox. You're the White Sox. Yeah. I here's. I mean, that's I like possible. the fun pick. You know, know. You know, I like the fun pick. No, I think it's fun. I, was my pick? Not, I mean, I guess it was. No, I mean, like, not Dodgers fun, but like it's just like no one's gonna say fun. it. Um, um. Wait, did I already say Dodgers was my pick? I no, think I just spoiled the. No, let's, let's go Shit. NL real quick. Last was Dodgers my pick, guys. Let's go through NL real quick. NL East. We talked about it before. Not gonna spend too much time in this. Braves are gonna win the division. Uh, NL Central. I'm gonna go with the Cardinals. I think it's not a trendy pick necessarily, but I think a lot of people are on that that uh, that bandwagon, so to speak. I think they have a good roster. Wainwright, you see him today, went six innings, six strikeouts. Guy's yeah. 732nd birthday is coming up tomorrow, and he's still pitching at a high level. Pools is going to find a way to have an OPS in the 7-800s. Like, it's just going to happen. Yachty's good. Um, Tyler O'Neill, you have Nolan Arenado, Paul Goldschmidt, who's Goldschmidt's been super underrated his whole career, really. I mean, he's, he's been good when he's been in Seattle or Seattle, excuse me, St. Louis. Um, I'll take the Cardinals. Why did you thought I was going to say the Stroman Lid Cubs, right? <laughs> no. no, I didn't. Uh, NL West, take the Dodgers. Clint. Clint. My wild card teams, I'll go, uh, Mets wild card one. I'll go, do I want to go Brewers too? I'll go Brewers two. And I'll go Brewers two. I'll go Padres three. I think the right. Padres will figure it out. I think the fi- I don't like to say I don't want to be biased. I'm just gonna pick on the Phillies just for the sake of picking on the Phillies. But uh, Padres are not particularly convincing. They have a slow first two months without Tatis, and you don't know what's gonna happen with that team. Obviously, with the Dodgers winning every game out there. Yeah. Um, coming out of the National League, I will take the. Who will I take? Shit, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. 
I'll take the Mets. Let's have fun. Mets? Yeah. yeah Mariners, it. Mets, World Mariners, Series? Mariners, Mets, World Series, the big Mets, M's. I'm just having fun. I don't know. I, just, yeah, it's hard to predict this year, which is good. I don't want to pick the Dodgers, the Braves. It's boring. I'll pick the Mets. No, yeah. I'm not going to pick the Mets because I'm going to sound like a homer. I'll take the Cardinals. Go. Cardinals, all right. Well, I'm going with the Braves to win the NL East, just like you are. I'm going with the Brewers in the Central, Dodgers in the West. Nothing too groundbreaking there. Uh, wild cards, Pods, Mets, and Phillies. Yeah. yeah, those are my three wild cards. I Pots was no leading Giants year. over Phillies, but I just have no fucking idea what's going to happen with their offense. Yeah, I, th- I think they could win 76 games this year. Yeah, but then that that, offense, you also don't want to disrespect them. They won 100-something. I'm like, pitch, I mean, pitch incredibly last year. Logan Webb has proven to be one of the better pitchers in the National League, but it's like, dude, you were getting production from Buster Posey retired, Evan Longoria. Yeah, like, it's it was, all the old guys. Brandon Belt and Brandon Crawford both hit OPSs in the 8-900s. It's... I don't know what's going to happen out there. I forgot about them. That was, it was a fun team last year, but I, I think they're going to regress heavily this year. If I had to pick one team to regress yeah. more than – I think they would be my team that would see serious regression this year. So that leads me. Astros, Dodgers oh. is my World Series. And you I'm say going White Sox, I'll Mets? White Sox, or White Cardinals? Sox, Cardinals. Just for, it's, it's, listen, All right, mine's like boring. I, said, I feel dude, bad about that. Nah, I'm just doing it. Here's my like fun World Series. I'll give you a fun World Series if you want one. That's the Yankees? Well, no, we've done that. We've done that, we've done that before. Yeah, fuck every the year. Yankees. No, fuck the Yankees. I'll, t- I'll say uh, – I'll say Rays and Brewers, the Willie Adamas World Series. Just a complete snooze fest that 10 people in America will watch, but it'll be all pitching. Corbin Burns and Shane McClanahan. You want to talk about the lowest rating of any championship series? Of any sport ever, it would be Rays Brewers. Rays Brewers. Could you see it? Like you could see I, it. Right? I could see it. I mean, Brewers are always Brewers are also that team. They either win the wild card or win the division, and then they play five games in the NLDS and lose. So yeah. I'm not. I'm not convinced on them. All right, real quick before we end this super long episode, it's 1 a.m. on the East Coast right now. I have 10 a.m. class. No one's got 10 a.m. class. I got 11 a.m. leg day, so I think I might have it worse than you. (laughs) We got Mets – not Mets, excuse me. We got Yanks Red Sox tomorrow at 1, so super excited about that. Let's go through some real quick, not particularly in-depth award predictions. We're just going the main ones. We're going Cy Young and MVP. Noah, let's hear them first. Uh, So MVP kind of – Borders off my World Series with Astros Dodgers. I've got Jordan Alvarez in the AL and Mookie Betts in the NL. Uh, Betts is more just so of like this kind of thing that everybody thinks he's just not a top 10 player anymore or top 15 kind of guy. I don't necessarily think he's Judge or Harper or Trout or Acuna, but I think he's still one of those you know guys who d- deserves to be talked about in that sense. And he's had really, really big even years, which is kind of random, but 2018, he won it. 2020, he won the World Series, obviously, with the Dodgers. Um, 2022, kind of back to form for Mookie Betts in the NL. Alvarez, just because I was really impressed with his at-bats in the postseason last year, and I think he's really grown as a hitter. Um, when he first came up in 2019 with the Yankees, we attacked him with those kind of high fastballs in the upper uh, quadrant of the zone, kind of in on his hands, and he kind of had that weakness, and then you kind of get him off uh, off balance with breaking balls away. Um, it was a little judge like in the sense that I've seen both of those guys make adjustments like that. And I think he's kind of in for a season that judge had last year. Um, but I think it could be a little bit more astronomical, especially like, like that pun there, astronomical no. yeah, uh, be, it being in the, uh, in the AO West and uh, kind of in that band box in Houston, I could see him easily hitting 300 with 35, 40 bombs on the best team in the American league. And just the voters being like, Hey, this is a young player. Let's give it to him. There's no clear cut guy. Um, and then, yeah, I explained bets. And then Cy Young, uh, Barrios, I want to talk about him from the Jays. I like that. Uh, he's got great stuff. Somebody we've never seen fully put it together for that elite Cy Young type season, even though he was kind of labeled as that as a prospect and he's been a good major league starter. Um, you saw Robbie Ray get it done for the Blue Jays last year and kind of his second year after being traded there. 
Um, I think Barrios could kind of follow that same path for them. And, you know, they'll be a good team. The voter bias will exist. You know, they're going to try to invent some way to get one of those Blue Jays an award, whether it's Springer or Vlad or Bichette or one of their arms. They're going to try to get him in those conversations. So I'll, I'll go with Barrios for the, the Cy Young and then Darvish for the NL. Um, Padres is a big ballpark. The NL, DeGrom's out. Scherzer, first year as a Met, I don't necessarily see that, even though I think he'll be good. Cy Young in the NL, it's very boring to go with the Brewers guys, even though I think you know two of them with Cor- uh, Corbin Burns and Brandon Woodruff have that upside. Um, I don't see it coming from the West unless it's Bueller. So I ultimately went with um, besides, besides obviously the West, besides the Dodgers. Um, so I went with Darvish. So I think he'll anchor that Padres staff. He'll get him into the postseason, and he'll kind of just have those big strikeout numbers that voters like. So yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm just thinking of fun ones here. Like I said, um, didn't want to pick Soto and these guys, whatever. Uh, let's go. What did you start with? American League MVP. Yeah, you got MVPs. AL MVP. Who's my American League MVP? Jose Ramirez. Jose Ramirez, okay. super duper underrated. I said super duper, being silly. He is. Uh, he just signed an extension. Whether he's in Cleveland after this year or next year, probably a great chance he's not there. Uh, he's so underrated. I think people just forget how good he is. Kind of just because one, it's Cleveland too. They haven't been a winning team. Um. I just – I really like the way he plays. I could see him being traded in a year or two, but I could see this being like his farewell year in Cleveland. Um, I'll go with Jose Ramirez out of the American League. National League MVP. Uh, I wouldn't – this is definitely not like a a uh, like a like like a different pick necessarily, but I think he's a, kind of the same thing. I'll go Trey Turner. Trey Turner had a 6.5. I just looked up 6.5 B-War last year. Got traded to the Dodgers midseason, obviously. The Max Scherzer trade also that sent them to L.A. Um He's just one of those guys I've watched for a long time, and he's so pesky. He can get the ball to the ballpark. You said that earlier. Um, he gets on base. He's he gets a base that he walks. He's on second in a pitch or two. He could run faster than anybody. He's got a decent glove. He can play a little bit of the outfield. He can play shortstop. Um, I think first full year out in, in SoCal. We always talk about it. You know, he, he's he's a he's a California product, so he wants to go back home. That doesn't matter. But uh, I'll go Trey Turner as my National League MVP. Dodgers will win 900 games this year in the regular season, losing the NLDS. Um, American League and National League Cy Young winners. So, what was I saying here? National League, I'm going to go with Logan Webb just for fun. I said You said it probably wouldn't come out of there. I could see it being one of those situations where offense doesn't hit. They win 78 games, but the fans come to every game because Logan Webb's in a Cy Young race. I'll pick him out of the National League. Um, the American League, I had my pick, and now I don't remember. Let me go through the teams real quick. Who is my American League Cy Young winner? I'm going to go Garrett Cole. And I know everybody says that. I was actually thinking about this while taking a shit today. Um, his first year, 20, one 2020, because I knew he had this podcast coming up. 2020, he first year in New York, didn't pitch in front of fans, 60 games, bullshit season. 2021, argue he could have won the Cy Young. He fell off at the end of the season. There was a spider attack controversy. I'm not going to pick on him for that. You said the hamstring injury is definitely important. Um and he's the safest pick. I just think this is first full year, first full year after last season where he knows what it's like in New York. He's adjusted. There's a bit of energy there. I think he's going to thrive off the fact that there's, you know, other teams in that division that can compete with them. I think normally the Yankees can kind of fall back on that idea that they're going to make the playoffs. It's just a matter of which way they do. This year when you have four teams that could potentially make the playoffs and win the division, I think he'll rely on that a little bit. There's bullshit reasons. I think he has the intangibles. I think he's, I think he's got something sense. to prove. I think he's pissed off that last year people kind of started to make fun of make fun of him. He's, he's an adult, but the people started to disrespect him for the spider stack, spider attack stuff, 
you got embarrassed in Boston. I think a guy like Garrett Cole, I think there's probably five guys in Major League Baseball that have the mentality like that. Scherzer, Cole, you can say to ground to a certain degree that just they get showed up, shown up. The next day they're going to come out and strike out 17 guys. I'll say Garrett Cole in that aspect. So, uh, yeah, Trey Turner and Jose Ramirez are my MVP picks. And I will go Garrett Cole of the American League Cy Young and Logan Webb National League Cy Young. Noah, final thoughts? I have one question for you. Uh, this is the last one that no interest – this will not interest any listener, but it interests me. Better chance to make the playoffs as a sleeper team that we didn't talk that much about. Tigers or Marlins? That's a good question. I like I like the Tigers. Oh, wow. Shit. So Marlins staff, man, I was looking at the NL staffs. There's no reason they're not a top five staff. I'd say the Marlins. And so, I was I was thinking about picking one of the Marlins pitchers, one of my fun NL picks, and I just – Alcantara. I thought about him versus Darvish. I was, was one thinking, of those two. I was, maybe I'll switch to Alcantara. Logan Webb is just a whatever pick, recency bias maybe. But their, their arms are good. And I said this before, and like they don't have a great lineup, but as someone who watches the Marlins 20 times a year, whatever, however the breakdown works – they have guys that are just annoying to pitch to. Jesus Aguilar can hit a ball 450 feet off anybody. Miguel Rojas is a professional hitter. Um, what have, Jazz? What's his name? Jazz. Yeah. Jazz Swag Chisholm. Garrett Cooper, is that his name? Something yeah, like former that. Yankee. Cooper DH. That's right. Um, trying to think who else they have around there. But Lewis Brinson, is this the year? Yeah, Lu- the Lewis out. Brinson year. Him he and make, finally Robles makes the trade worth like it. like 1A, 1B. Yeah, but um, I that that's a team that they're not going to – they lost a lot of games last year. Don Mattingly's done a good job there. It's so weird to say that every year, year in, year out, Don Mattingly's done a great job, even though they've not, they've won. The one year they made the playoffs was bullshit. COVID it's year, whatever. Yeah. That's the fact that year in, year out, they say he does a good job, which he does for a team that's that bad. It's just kind of a testament to the manager he's been down there. Um, and then similarly with the Pir- uh, the Tigers, excuse me, AJ Hinch, great manager. You have Akil Badu. You have Jose. Jose, Jesus, I'm <laughs> tired, funny dude. funny you go with Akil Badu. I know. No, it's because I mentioned action. it before. Uh, you have Javi Baez. You have some players out there. Miggy, guys, you said man. Miggy's going to hit his 3,000. Torkelson, the rookie. Um, be, yeah, be they have uh, – Mize is his name? Casey Pitcher. Mize. Yeah, Casey yeah. Mize. They'll, young arms. They'll, have, they'll be fun. And I think Hinch is a good enough manager. I, I think they have a they have a similar blueprint to a certain degree. Good managers, proven baseball managers, good culture there. Uh, I think the Marlins will rely a lot more on that starting pitching. And you have a team like the Tigers who at least have a star, quote-unquote, Javi Baez – um, I'll go with the Marlins, and I'll say just because of the pitching. With that said, the Tigers could be a better pick just because I think the National League, the American League as a whole might not be as strong And playing in their division. You have who the Twins and Guardians yeah. are the top two teams, the Royals. Who's the other team out there? Twins. Well, the White Sox. White Sox, yeah, White Sox, obviously. Then Guardians. Yes, I hate White Sox, you take what's, what's given there. But you have the Guardians, the Royals. The It's uh, – I would lean Marlins just because of how pesky they are. I don't know. What would you think? That's a good question, though. I was going to go Tigers record-wise, but I think the Marlins will be a dangerous team right. that ultimately will probably sell off people in late July because they're going to be seven out of the division, even though they're a 500 team, about yeah. maybe a little bit over. Um, but I like the direction they're going in. That, that was all. It was kind of a fun no, it's, question. It's a really good question. I'll, I'll ask you one more just for my own purposes. Uh, Yankees, beyond Judd and Stanton, which one of those guys is a big season? Gallo. You think Gallo? I think Gallo bounces back. I think I, 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 think I agree. I think a guy like him, I, I listen, the antithesis of what a New York sport fan wants, especially the most historic franchise in the city and potentially the country along with the select few, none of those WFAN callers, those 56-year-old dudes from the Bronx who go to their local deli, none of those guys want a dude who hits home runs, the three outcomes like you talk about. Yeah. And baseball such a mental game. 
Joey Gallo's a really like you know loose, fun-loving guy, whatever. It had to have been in his head at some point. You strike out your first few at bats and pinstripes, all of a sudden people want your head. This, that, whatever. Um, first full season with the Yankees, he's gotten acclimated. That short porch we talk about all the time, all the cliches. I think he's going to bounce back. I think he'll hit. He could hit forty home runs. So he, I could, agree. he could easily do yeah. it. I'll go with Gallo. Uh, there's a million different bounce backs though. I think DJ should be good. I think the only concern with him, how old is he now? Is he older? He's like 31, 32. Yeah, he's not too bad. I think Glaber will he's bounce old, back. Old, I, I don't think Glaber's going to be 2019 Glaber where he hits 39 home runs. Mm-hmm. Um, I think DJ and Glaber will both be significantly better than they were last year. I'll go Gallo just in terms of pure production just because I think he's got the potential to go 40 and 112 next year, something like that. Yeah, and so I, I totally agree. That, i pick him. That's the answer I wanted. I, it was either him or Donaldson I want to talk about. Um, in terms of Gallo – I was like one of the biggest fans of the trade, even though I can't stand swing and miss guys like beyond Judge and Stanton. Um, and it's weird because he is basically what Aaron Hicks was a couple of years ago from a walks perspective. He does not chase. He swings and misses a lot, but he does not leave it's the strike so weird zone. To think about how disciplined yeah, you could be, but you can just whiff. Yeah, he just whiffs. It's, it's crazy. He's one of the lowest chase rates in the leagues, but he doesn't. Uh, he doesn't swing and miss. I mean, yeah, he swings and misses a lot. He doesn't chase. Um, so can I you imagine he, him in Houston. Just with whatever happens in Houston, how good yeah, he'd yeah, be. Just yeah, like just making, the yeah, sheer discipline and the professional at bats, just whatever. But. Roger Maris, here comes Gallo. Yeah. But um, I like the New York Italian thing a little bit. Too. Yeah, I think it's fun. Yeah, I, I think fits, it's fun. He fits I like, for sure. I like the number 13. I like the big lefty. You know, it's a little bit different than Judge and Stanton. You know, against righty power arms. He can. I, I was looking at some of his Texas Rangers highlights. If you just go watch him, he's hitting bombs off big arms. He had like three home runs off Cole. And I was like, all right, like this guy can easily turn around 98 from an elite arm, like a Valdi tomorrow. Like I wouldn't be surprised if it's a home run tomorrow. Yeah. Um, and he's a tremendous outfielder. He's really good in left. He's one of the best defensive outfielders play in the league. Play third base too. Yeah, he can play third base. That's right. Over the last two years, he's saved more runs than anybody in left field. And I think that's important to note. He's got a cannon of an arm too. He can run the bases. You know, talk about being more athletic. As just, you know, for the Yankees, he's athletic. I mean, he makes diving, ranging plays in the outfield, and it's on the bases. He's stealing at least ten bags, I think, this year. Dark I mean, horse just, MVP candidate. He, I mean, he fits the bill until you look at his average. I'm not telling you yeah. his average not going to be higher than 220. That's, That's his so absolute funny high. Like, about how good he, how good he'll still be in yeah. his WAR up with the OBP could be average. 390 yeah. with a WAR of 5.5, but his. Average gonna be two twenty with two hundred strikeouts. Like so that's just gonna, that's the way it's gonna be. But he could be forty and one ten, like you said. So I'm excited for Gallo. Um, I hope he stays healthy. I hope he shows Yankee fans how valuable a player he can be, even in the environment, you know, or even with his his flaws. Um, so yeah, I want to talk about Gallo and then Donaldson too. I think Donaldson, if he stays healthy, will rake. But that's a big if. So. Bigger bounce back for the Mets, real quick. Jeff McNeil or Francisco Lindor. Uh, McNeil, because I don't think Lindor fell off that hard beyond the yeah. month or two. I think McNeil could easily return to all-star form. I mean, this yeah. is a guy that was a, you know, top 15 to 20 player in the national league a couple of years ago. And, you know, ultimately has that ability. So why they'll, not? They'll right? both be good. He's similar to Torres. I mean, a little bit better, I think, honestly, you know, not, not from power perspective, but it's a complete player. Yeah. And, um, you know, I don't see why that can't come back. Yeah. And Lindor also, player. Lindor also spent four months hitting, at his exact clip of his entire career. Yeah, exactly. 25 weight earners created plus, 270 hitter, hit 25 bombs. It's the New York thing, dude. Like, He's it's, got more protection in the lineup. This, not protection necessarily, but more professional hitters. Guys will be on base. Um, I think it's fair. I think Lindor will have a good season this year, but I think McNeil will probably bounce back because McNeil's drop from a 320 hitter to a 240 hitter compared to Lindor's 270 to a 230, 240s, whatever. But um, this is a long-ass episode. If any of you guys are listening at this point uh, – Feel like drop us your Venmos because we'll probably actually pay you for listening this long. It's <laughs> very surprising. Um, 
we appreciate you guys listening. If anyone does, it's been a year. Uh, just shit happened. We enjoyed our summers. We enjoyed baseball to a certain degree last year. Super excited about this year. Football, uh, man. Football, I'd love to do it. As yeah. in terms of what we're gonna do with this podcast for the future, I think the best thing to decide is we love baseball. We're gonna watch every pitch of the Mets and Yankees as best we can. We're gonna pay attention to the league, no doubt. We don't want to be a podcast that every three or four days we talk about how Ahmed Rosario had a walk-off home run on April 19th against Zach Greinke and the Kansas City Royals. It's just that's we're not an update thing. We're not a sports center. We're not we're not here for highlights. We don't care enough. We don't have the time in our schedules to break down that kind of shit. Once a month, we're going to check in with you guys and get our plan going forward. Uh, we'll break down the month. We'll talk about, you know, good performers, this and that, who's leading division races, such and such. But it's always been a casual podcast. I think the verbiage I've used on this podcast tonight um, kind of tells that story perfectly. But uh, we're glad to have this back. as something that we never quit on. We just kind of took a break from for a while. Life got in the way. We will be back sometime in May. Thinking beginning mid of May, one month recap, yeah. first month of the season. We'll talk about that. It's after finals, right? Yeah, after finals, we'll get on the mic, have a few couple, you know, days off, and then we'll get back to it. If anyone's listening, want to ask any questions, I am at T Smith Sports. He is at Noah Broderick Twenty. Hardly a Noah Broderick Twenty. My account's a yeah, football true. account now. So we love when you interact with us at BATB Pod. Ask us your questions. Follow our meme Instagram. And until then, we will talk to you next time. Enjoy the outro.